the Zimmer News Network on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. I don't want to hear or see the Republican Party. It is terrifying. The hypocrisy is just running rampant. Because tonight is gas rationing the answer. Yep, well, Fargo, you know, do you know what environmental racism is? They were wrong, and Donald Trump was right. Well, I think your listeners are some of the smartest listeners in America because they have the information that comes across your radio waves. All right, all right, all right. Well, how many lies per sentence do you say? Do you have a quota? Uh, are you a death-on-demand kind of guy, Dave? Can you, can you answer yeah, my question? Yeah, how many lies per sentence? Ooh, scary. This is Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Yes, good morning this morning. Good morning, my people all across the land. It is Friday. You made it to Friday. Praise Jesus. Friday, June 30th, 2023, 536 in the AM. You're listening, of course, to 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. I'm Tim Jones, former speaker of your Missouri House, joined by Cass Bowen Anderson, our executive producer, Don Luzader, our news director. We've got lots to get to today. Let me tell you what's coming up. Got a lot of great, exciting things to unpack, repack, prepare, pack you for the Independence Day holiday weekend. Kind of a weird one this year. A lot of folks probably taking off today. A lot of folks probably taking off Monday, Tuesday. The super majority of us get off. Not everyone. Got to always remember the folks who have to work for us. Otherwise, the world stops running. EMS, fire, police, people who run the stores, right? You know, thank them for taking their holiday off. But some of you are working. Probably some of you throughout the entire weekend. So it's a real mixed bag. Going to be really weird next few days. And then we'll enter the month of July where pretty much everyone goes on vacation, including yours truly. So we got all that straight ahead. Tim's top three, 605, 705, 805. The all-important AccuWeather update coming to us at uh, coming to us at around 620. I have a weird weather report for you from St. Louis yesterday. So the state of Missouri was supposed to be and most of the Midwest was supposed to be like under this extreme heat warning all day with temperatures approaching 100. That didn't happen on the eastern side of the state. I'll tell you what happened instead. Tony Colombo, 635, will join us to talk about Second Amendment, the great outdoors, the gun grabbers who are coming for you here in the state of Missouri, uh, and lots more. He's of News Talk STL. Uh, I, actually, you know what? I need to reverse those, don't I, Cass? we got to flip those around, don't we? Did Tony and Eric switch for this morning? They sure did. Yep. So we have Congressman Burleson at 630, um, 635, and we have Tony Colombo at about 720. There we go. We're going to flip those two today because of the congressman's schedule. So we will have Congressman Eric Burleson hitting us out of the gates bright and early at 635. Tony Colombo at 715. Of course, we'll talk to the congressman about whether or not the walls are closing in on the Biden criminal crime family and lots more. At 745, Sean Carney. CEO and president of 40 Days for Life. We've had Sean on the program many times before. He runs that national organization, 40 Days for Life. We're going to talk to Sean about the bitterness of American voters. We saw it this week. Even, even NBC 
told us that that's true. So we're not we're not being right wing conspiracy theorists. We're not being down on Joe Biden. Poor lonely Joe. Good old Scranton Joe. Bidenomics Joe. Confused Joe. Joe Biden got up and walked off the set of MSNBC yesterday because I think he forgot where he was. Seriously, like they were wrapping up the interview and Joe just like like the the lady interviewing him was still talking and Joe just got up, looked around and just started shuffling off the stage in that kind of wandering distant look of his. It was so, folks, this man is no longer with us. There's some there's there's some who believe he's been gone for a long time. Uh, we'll talk to Sean about why U.S. voters are so bitter. As NBC News told us this morning, 74% of Americans say that Joe Biden's America is heading in the wrong direction. I added the part about Joe Biden's America because they failed to, right? This is Joe Biden's America. He's the guy that the buck is supposed to. They've been trying to pass the buck on this president since the day he started. The minute the minute that Joe Biden decided that we weren't going to any longer produce American energy with the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline, they then have acted like none of those actions have any reactions that they have to be responsible for. Have you noticed that? Like, like cringe on Pierre. She's like an innocent bystander. Yeah. You know, the economy really sucked when uh, we got here. No, you made it that way. You made it that way. Oh, boy, my goodness. It's so awesome, isn't it, that inflation is coming down? Yeah, after you skyrocketed it. So anyway, we'll talk to Sean Carney about why why Americans are so bitter, what we can do about it. And also we're going to talk, we're going to dig deep into some of these Supreme Court decisions with them as well, especially the one from last year regarding Dobbs and why the left continues to preach a culture of nihilism and death. We got to make sure that Americans respect life because they should want to, right? Otherwise, the perpetuation of the species ends. Grover Norquist, my good buddy. I do some work for Americans for tax reform. We haven't had Grover on in a long time. Founder and president of Americans for tax reform. We're going to talk to Grover about, uh, you know, the left trying to eliminate your gas stoves, uh, your gas vehicles, basically anything that's powered by fossil fuels. They hate nuclear, too. You know, they basically want us to live in uh, mud huts and rub sticks together for warmth. But you know what? You can't cut the trees down. So scratch that last thing. You won't be able to do that either. The morning dump, Uncommon Sense with Cass will be on this weekend, tomorrow morning. I want to tease that up for all you all tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., and keep watching the Ozarks with Bonnie Bell Sunday nights at 8 p.m. So there's your listening for today throughout the weekend. Thanks for joining us this morning. Back to the weather. Yesterday, <clears throat> there was supposed to be this massive heat wave. And I know that a big part of the state experienced it. In fact, in I went to the uh, I went to the Cardinal game yesterday, and we'll tell those stories. I got some stories about that as well. It, it was supposed to be 103 degrees or whatever yesterday. And it was, it was ramping up. Like, so I was in St. Louis yesterday at my house and it was really hot. It was in the upper nineties. Abby and I, daughter Abby and I, we headed down early. Suzanne and Katie had to meet us later because they were working. So we're heading downtown and we're, the one thing we were dreading, I got a, we, we had a really great experience at the ball game yesterday, which I'll tell you about in a second, but we were dreading it because we were going down there in the middle of the afternoon. It was a 615 game, early game yesterday. So we're heading downtown because we're supposed to be participating in some of the pregame festivities. So we're heading down at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And that's what we were dreading was like, we were going to park over at Union Station and walk over to the ballpark. And it's about, you know, half a mile, eighth of an eighth of a mile. And then we were like, oh my God, the field's going to be so hot. Something happened yesterday with the weather. There was a huge cell that went by way to our north, like up in Chicago and across the upper Midwest.
that must have caused a dry front to come through because the rest of the afternoon, the temperature dropped like 15 to 20 degrees. There was a cool breeze blowing across St. Louis. It was divine intervention from above, so we wouldn't melt. Not down it was here. really pleasant. It was like 82 degrees. Did that happen in Springfield? Not even a little bit. It was like, I think at one point in time, I looked at my car dash and it said like 104. Oh my gosh, okay. it was sweltering. It, it, see, that's the weird thing. It got up to like 95, 96, 96. It, it was, it was bacon, man. It was bacon on the beach in St. Louis as well. And then this, this upper Midwest, like I, I was like, I was looking at my phone for a minute and I was like, whoa, wow, look at that cell. It never got down really into Missouri, maybe Northern Missouri. I can tell it was, you, they, it was huge. And I think that caused a dry front to go through wow. in St. Louis and it cooled everything off. That's good. Anyway. Yesterday at the game, it was delightful. It wow. was like an early summer evening. It was fantastic. Did you end up sitting outside uh, or did you say yes. the air conditioned inside? No, we sat outside for several Good. weeks. So, so uh, my family and I had a real treat yesterday. Back last fall, last August, we went to a charity event for a really great uh, charity in, in uh, on the eastern side of the state that does a lot of work all across the state called St. Vincent, St. Vincent Home for Children. And they had some really neat auction items. And one of the auction items was a Cardinals game package. And I'm looking at the details. And I guess I didn't quite really figure out what was all in there. But it was like there were like uh, uh, field box tickets and passes to the UMB Bank Champions Club, which is like an all-inclusive area with great food and stuff. And then they said on-field visit and something about, you know, like throwing out a first pitch or something, you know. And so long story short. We eventually picked the game earlier this year. We didn't know we were going to pick the hot. Allegedly, it was supposed to be the hottest game of the year. So I get to the ballpark. We had a great experience. So I wasn't, I wasn't, at first I was like, am I the only person throwing out the first? Is this? And they're like, no, this was a normal game, right? So they actually had like 10 different groups throwing out pitches. However, however, I ended up, Don, being the anchor. I was the last first pitch. You were the last first pitch? Yes, before the game started. I didn't know they did multiple. Uh, I didn't yes, know either that they do at Springfield Cardinals games as well, uh, because I used to, uh, you know, I used to do some uh, PA announcing over there. And usually on any given night, there's maybe four or five first then it's pitches. It's not really a first pitch. Yeah, but it, it is. It does. It's I mean, ceremonial. It's, the it's thrill all ceremonial because none of it's a first pitch. It's <laughs> the thrill of being on the field, standing on the pitcher's mound at Bush Stadium, yeah. which, Tim, yeah. I'm very jealous of. I've gotten to do this at Hammonds Field, but certainly haven't gotten to do it on the big stage. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Jones threw a strike to home I did. plate. It was a little, it was a little high. It was kind of a high slider. I would have called uh, it a strike, I, but it was a strike. It was right over the plate. Let me tell you, Don, Don, how daunting that is. I did not. <laughs> holy Toledo! I thought I was in Field of Dreams or The Natural or something. I'm here when. When they hand you, okay, so here's the deal. I got a lot, I got a lot to tell you about this experience. It was really amazing. I've, I've been to Bush Stadium a million times. I grew up in St. Louis. I went to a ton of ball games as a kid. I played baseball as a kid. I played adult league, uh, beer softball. So, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of a baseball guy. I'm not, I'm no Don Luzader. I don't know stats and statistics and, and, and I don't have the recall that Don has, but I'm a fan of the game and I've been to so many games. I've been on the field before Bush Stadium. I've had tours of the stadium behind the scenes. I've gotten to sit in a lot of great seats there. I've been at World Series. I've never had an experience like yesterday. When they hand you that ball 
and you walk from home plate out to the mound, there's nobody else on the field except you and one Cardinal player, and everybody else is back on the warning tracks. It's like all of a sudden you hear in your head like, I mean, it's like it is like being in a movie set, being in a state. It doesn't look that big from the stands when you're on the field inside a major league baseball stadium. Whole different perspective. It's a bit overwhelming. I got to be honest with you. (laughs) Well, that is so cool, Tim. And, you know, that mean that's that's just a big honor. There's not a lot of people that can say that they've thrown out a first pitch at a major league uh, baseball game. and, And you can say that now. And I learned all about it, Don, yesterday because, Don, guess who was there and guess who said to specifically say hi to you? Your old buddy, my cousin, Chris Tuno. Really? Good. Chris was there yesterday, so we got a little bit of, I'll be honest, we got a little bit of extra special treatment. Oh, that's great. I was hoping you'd hook up with him. We were able to wander around a little bit more than the other fans that were there because my cousin Chris has worked for the Cardinals for nearly 15 years. Don, he got to go to the game in London oh, last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll tell a lot more stories. We didn't, the, 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 the only, the only, it wasn't really a disappointment, but the Cardinals, because, okay, it was an early game yesterday and they had a parade on the field for one of the athletic associations who bought a ton of tickets and had a ton of, uh, there was a, it was great to see. So who was doing all these first pitches? It was, it was a bunch, it was a lot of kids. That was so cool to see. This one kid, Don, they needed to sign him last night. He had an arm on him. Yeah. And yeah. after Wainwright's performance, they should have uh, brought him in. And then you could have been the closer. Yes, I could have been the closer. But um, it was a bunch of Corey League kids, and it was a bunch of corporate sponsors. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell more stories about that, about who was there. But you could see in uh, – it was so awesome. And there was there was young young boys that threw out first pitches. There was a couple of young ladies who threw out first pitches. These kids, you would have thought they were in seventh heaven. I mean, I was so excited for them. It was a really, really emotional experience, I think, for everybody. Uh, and then the Cardinals lost the game. But that was kind of how their season's going. Oh, exactly. But the Cardinals players we met, we met a couple Cardinals players. I got a picture of my daughter standing uh, standing next to Matt Libertor, Don. He is oh, nice. really tall. Yeah, yeah, he is. Super nice guy. Anyway. All right, we got a lot more stories to tell about the Cardinals, about Joe Biden and Biden economics, about the Supreme Court decision that came out yesterday that said Democrats and leftists can no longer treat people of color as second-class citizens. That's my take out of it. SCOTUS ruling that race-based college admissions violate the 14th Amendment ending affirmative action. You would have thought that nuclear war had been declared yesterday. The left absolutely lost their minds. We got lots to get to today. Yes, it will be another that little reprieve I was telling you about that we experienced on the eastern side of the state. It's gone. Uh, it's going to be hot, I think, everywhere again today. But maybe we'll get a little moisture. I think there's a possibility for that. Five fifty in the heartland. Yes, Cass. Well, I was going to say I know what that's called. What you experienced because what Fox is News, called? Fox is reporting on it. Actually, they're calling oh. it the Midwest Dara Show, and it's oh, all over Fox yes. because it was like this phenomenon. That was this basically um, windstorm. They're calling it a phenomenon because it's so weird. However you say it, it's D-E-R-E-C-H-O. And so you experienced part of that because it went through the upper Midwest. It's because I'm so cosmopolitan. I experienced the derecho. (laughs) Derecho. Yeah. 
Yes, I think it was. We'll have to ask Jeff from AccuWeather about that. Oh, at yeah. 620 this morning for sure. Cass, how about, a, how about you hit us with a national anthem to get Friday rolling here? Jasmine Sullivan. Jasmine Sullivan? Yes. Fantastic. Folks, we are beginning for all of us the entree into the Independence Day weekend. Yes, I know it's next Tuesday, but many of you are either probably taking off today, Monday, or both. We're happy to be here with you, though, to help you celebrate properly our nation's birthday. Let's begin this morning, therefore, as we begin every morning here in the land of the free, because of the brave at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO with our national anthem. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the So gallantly streaming and the rockets reckless the bumper steed in air through through the night that Listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. A long line of powerful winds blew out of Nebraska across Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana. We had a lot of reports of uh, wind gusts. 70, even 80 miles per hour. I think we even had some higher gusts back across Illinois. Meteorologist Mike Ryan at the National Weather Service in Indianapolis. The winds knocked down power lines, trees, and crops and damaged some structures. There is the threat of more high winds today from Colorado to Kentucky. Jack Callahan, Fox News. There you go. That's the derecho that we were uh, talking about earlier. A big old windstorm, which was kind of like a high-pressure system, uh, basically a weather front that's dry, right? Just pushing winds, basically bringing in cooler weather from the north. I experienced it yesterday. It was an odd phenomenon. Nothing bad happened. In fact, it was delightful. The temperature dropped on the eastern side of the state. 
Uh, unfortunately, not here in Springfield because it didn't push down far enough. But don't worry, folks. The heat's back for all of us. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that, um, according to AccuWeather.com, it is going to be, once again, pretty toasty here in southwest Missouri. Yep, you're waking up already to 77 degrees here in Springfield. But, yeah, just to show you the difference between what happened yesterday afternoon, uh, you know, it's not that St. Louis is that much further north than Springfield, a little bit, but it's 71 degrees in my hometown of Eureka this morning. So that's kind of a big difference, six-degree difference. 77, though, here in Springfield. And we're heading towards a high today, I think back in the upper 90s, may or may not hit the century mark again, but the good, yeah, 98 is the projected forecast for today, Uh, and then we're supposed to cool off a touch into the weekend. We'll be back with lots more in just a moment. Tim's top three, the AccuWeather update. Eric Burleson at 635. It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy, away! One. Well, tonight here in Springfield... Cass Bowen Anderson, executive producer extraordinaire, is hosting the YR Cookoff. Cass, what are all the details on this evening's event for all the young Republicans and those young at heart? 6.30, sorry, 7 p.m. out in Brookline. Go to our SWMOYR social media pages on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to find the invite and the address. Come one, come all, come any age. Bring your whole family. There'll be yard games and food. It'll be great. Time to get involved, folks. The... August 2024 primary here in Missouri is right around the bend. The presidential caucuses are even closer. Time for you to get engaged, get informed, participate in your representative democracy. Couldn't think of a better way to start the Independence Day weekend. How about we do number two? In another great move for independence, we are ending the Supreme Court of the United States of America on our behalf is ending the incredibly racist affirmative action construct that the left needed to convince people of color and other minorities that they're second-class citizens. Yeah, why do we need this in today's world? We are a post-racial world. Now, the left won't, won't admit that. They believe that everything is about racism. Everything is about classism. Everything is about dividing people instead of bringing people together. We'll talk about the ending of affirmative action and why the lunatic left is completely losing their minds over this indeed. How about we do number three? Uh, let's see. Number three would be Joe Biden is not okay. <laughs> is that an understatement or what? The Spectator World in a great piece today. Joe Biden is not okay. The Democrats are masters of holding on to all power long after they should. Boy, isn't that true? Joe Biden, like, literally got up off of the set of MSDNC yesterday and just started wandering off the stage. It's the weirdest thing. As he's facing all sorts of heat for dismissing the Supreme Court as not a normal court. What does that mean? I mean, what's a court packet again? As Bidenomics, as Biden, I can't even say it. As Bidenomics is a complete and utter failure. And as the walls are closing in, courtesy of crazy crack smoking hunter. All of that means Joe Biden is not okay. We're okay, though, because we're heading into a holiday weekend. That's Tim's Top 3, Part 1, here 
on a Friday, June the 30th, 2023, 6, 10 a.m. in the Heartland. I owe Silva away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> wish I could find this story here. Oh, here it is. So, <laughs> Joe Biden wandered off the set of MSDNC as Nicole Wallace wraps another softball corporate media, captured media narrative. President Biden could not wait until the commercial break to flee the set of a live televised interview with crazy Nicole Wallace. She, she was a former uh, Bushy. She was in the Bush administration, believe it or not. Boy, did, and she's become a... a she was first a never-Trumper. And see, they're not really never-Trumpers because now she pretty much hates the Republican Party. That's not a never-Trumper. She just hates the uh, Republican Party. She's a huge leftist now. It's really weird. What a strange turn of events. <clears throat> Biden granted the liberal host, Wallace, a rare live sit-down on Thursday, which largely focused on his reaction to the Supreme Court's historic decision to strike down affirmative action. After nearly 20 minutes of softball questions, because that's the only thing he could handle, Biden got up from his chair and took the scenic route off the MSNBC set, walking behind Wallace as she teased analysis of her interview to viewers. So picture this, folks. Think of your favorite awkward Saturday Night Live skit. Wallace is on the camera, talking to the camera, transitioning from the, the, the interview with the president to her next segment. So she's like, the guests aren't supposed to move, okay? I've been on a television set many times, but you don't need to be on a television set to know that while the host, the commentator is talking, the guest is not supposed to get up. He's literally wandering behind her. It looks like a really bad Saturday Night Live skit. You should see the still photos of this. He's like doing that whole shuffle gate thing. It's so bizarre. It's really strange. Someone says on on Twitter, someone said, what on earth is Joe Biden doing? It's live television. Another uh, another uh, uh, commentator said, you sit in the chair. You smile at the pretty lady. You stay until we come get you. Basically saying what the cue cards must have been yeah. for Joe Biden. Some of the headlines, Cass, you- uh, Joe Biden yeah, bizarrely walks off live MSNBC interview. I'm seeing that still photo, I think, that you're seeing too, Tim, where the host is, stand- was, is sitting there looking at her copy and uh, – and you can just see him like walking <laughs> in the background. Yeah. I watched the video <laughs> and what happens is because she starts to wrap up, he yeah. stands up and she shakes uh-huh. his hand like, oh, thank you for coming, Mr. President. So she played it off well. But then he like is like slowly walking off the set. Yes. The like, farthest way that he could possibly go behind her while she's down. while she's going about her wrapping up into the next segment. It's like, oh, I don't need to be here anymore, so I'm just going to leave. You'd think he would be like media trained by now, considering he's ancient and well, he he's was. been in politics forever, but he he's was. forgotten it all. He has dementia now. Yeah. So the only thing he didn't do was, was bend down and sniff her hair. Ah! That's the only thing he didn't do. That's, That's the only thing he didn't do. And uh, no, no, can you imagine what wasn't asked about in that interview? Hunter Biden. I bet there was nothing asked about Hunter. Nothing asked about Hunter, no. Or their business dealings. Nope. Right, Don? Nope. Nothing about that. Nothing. Yeah. It's just how much he hated the Supreme Court ruling from yesterday, which yeah. basically said that everybody in America should, everybody in America shall be treated equally. 
That's why we hate the decision yesterday, according to the left. <laughs> it, look, folks, if the left is unable to, and this is a theme I'll repeat throughout the morning, if the left is unable to convince large swaths of Americans that they are second-class citizens and always will be, then the left's reason for their philosophical existence vanishes. Okay, that's what this is all about. You're you can't. We have had a black president of the United States not once but twice. The Republican Party is the party that seems to be leading. Maybe they're worried because it's like the Republican Party that seems to be the the land of diversity these days. If you look at the Republican field, Cass and I talked about this a week or two ago. If you put up a picture of the Republican field who's running for president, it truly looks like a cross section, like the melting pot of America. You have you have two Indian Americans running. One of them's a female. Uh, one of them is, you know, if we're going to talk about color of skin, Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, if we're going to talk about black and brown people, well, look at Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm just saying, right? So it's not like, it's not like he looks like a white guy, you know, let's just say that. And he's welcome. We love him. I love Vivek Ramaswamy. See, that's what, that's what terrifies Democrats the most is that people of color, people of all colors, are gravitating to the Republican Party. Why? Because that's where they can receive the most advancement. Because the Democratic Party keeps telling black and brown people, you're second-class citizens. You're not as good. We need to give you all sorts of special favors for you to be better. And so look at the Republican field. Nikki Haley, Indian-American woman, already been a governor and an ambassador. I've never been a governor or ambassador, and I'm a white guy. Where's my white privilege? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Nikki Haley worked her butt off and became governor of a state and then was ex- ex- and then exceptionally rewarded by being the ambassador to the U.N. Vivek Ramaswamy at the age of like, what is he, 37, is a multimillionaire entrepreneur who is one of the best speakers I've ever heard in, in recent generations articulating the spirit of America. Better, a lot better than Joe Biden or Kamala. Kamala Harris can't get through a sentence. You've uh, got Tim Scott. I mean, yeah, Don, what do you see? I got another I got another headline for you on Joe's oh, no. walking up. And off he Joe's. <laughs> and off he Joe's. That, <laughs> that's kind of perfect, isn't it? Somebody yeah. made up a new verb. Yeah. And off he Joe's. I like that. That's fantastic. So as the Republican Party, and just look at the Republican field for president, as the Republican Party gets bigger, more diverse, uh, more multicultural. And the Democratic Party, with the exception of Kamala Harris, seems to be the party of old white men. No wonder the Democrats are freaked out that they can't use affirmative action anymore to convince the pe- to convince minorities and people of color that they're second class citizens. That's why they hate this ruling. They've they've got hardly any reason to exist anymore, right? When you can't beat beat people over the carrot with the carrot and the stick. All right, we got to get to a break. It is six seventeen in the a.m. As we mentioned, there's all sorts of news on the weather. Hot yesterday. Pretty warm last night, 77 degrees out the door this morning here in Springfield. Will that get worse before it gets better? That's the question we'll ask Jeff from AccuWeather after Don Luzader's traffic you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. May have some ongoing problems following an overnight crash on I-44 west edge of Springfield. This is the 67 Republic Bodark exit. On I-44, uh, we did have a crash there maybe around 3 o'clock this morning, and we're getting reports uh, that they're having to do some repairs to the barrier wall. 93.3 and AM 560. That is a fact. KWTO.
You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. I never kissed a mouth that tastes like yours Strawberries and something more Ooh yeah, I want it all Nice throw! How's the weather? Hot How's the weather? <laughs> hot How's the weather today? Very, hot, hot, very hot. hot Very hot Yes, yes. No. No. Sunny, right? no. 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 But I miss snow right now. I'd love to have some. Even Cass wants some snow. Very Even Cass hot. wants it to snow, and that's bad. I'm melting. <laughs> Jeff Ramacky, weather. Uh, it's not a good sign when Cass is talking about Christmas and winter already. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for how much you know trouble she gave me about that, you know. I know. Yeah, You're causing it to, to rain it. on my wedding day. Uh, Jeffrey, you are never going to live that down. You know, friend. Jeffrey, somebody called me a like they said I looked like a slug walking down the aisle because my dress him was so wet that I trailed water <laughs> behind me. Would you would you like to be called a slug on your wedding day? I think no. Not. And actually, to to that person, if they're listening, they can kindly remove themselves from the wedding. Yes, that's right. Uh, Amen, Jeff. You got it. So, Jeff, we want to talk about the last day of the heat wave, but Tim has a burning question for you. He went to the uh, the Cardinals game last night, where he, by the way, got to throw out the first pitch, which was really cool. Very cool. But uh, he he expected it to be so hot that he was going to have to sit inside in his <laughs> air conditioned suite. But he actually was able to sit outdoors because it was very comfortable. I understand that there was a derecho yeah. that uh, hit uh, parts of that area last night uh, through parts of Missouri and Illinois. And if you could explain to Tim, in layman's terms anyway, what he experienced. Well, basically what happened was a very strong and large line of showers and storms came through, and uh, some of the strongest wind gusts at times were 80 miles per hour, and even 90 uh, is, uh, you know, was reported in Adrian, Illinois. So there, there was some very strong winds, but here's the deal. This derecho had winds over 58 miles per hour wow. for a long distance. Yeah, with outside of any thunderstorms, no rain or anything like that associated with them. I mean, there is, but you, you'll, you, what you'll initially feel is the wind, the strong wind, and yeah. then it, you know, downpours. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. that really, Tim, I guess, nicely cooled things off for you last night. It did. It was. It was the temperature dropped. It was. It was getting near a hundred in St. Louis, just like it was in Springfield. But then, uh, as the afternoon wore on. The, there was like a cool breeze in the air, and the temperature dropped about 15 degrees, Jeff. It was amazing. It was wild. Yeah. And in, in, in a sense, what you can basically imagine a derecho being is a like its own cold front. Yes, exactly. Dry cold front. Yeah. There you go. We had no rain in St. Louis. Well, unfortunately, we had no dry cold fronts around here, although I don't know that I would like the 58 <laughs> or 80 miles an hour wind, but... That we I just looked and we I guess officially hit 99 yesterday, Jeff. Although I'm sure lots of areas probably did hit 100 plus. Oh yeah, there was definitely a, a, quite the heat wave, as a matter of fact, and it's going to stick around again today. Uh, the real feel, by the way, we hit 106 degrees yesterday. 
Wow. So yep. today, last day, what can we expect? Take us through the uh, the last day of the work week here. Pretty much sunny and hot again. 98 degrees is the temp we're expecting. The record was 99, set back in 2012, so there is a possibility of that being challenged or even tied. Uh, in the real field today, going to top out at about 105. And then a little bit of relief on the way as we head into tomorrow, and uh, tell us about uh, what we can expect with that. Well, the reason for the relief is because we're going to see some uh, showers and storms tonight into tomorrow. And uh, in theory, we are in a um, marginal risk for severe weather. And basically what that means is, you know, it's a low risk, not a, you know, high risk of seeing anything severe. So mainly what I'm concerned with is the rainfall uh, that we could see out of this. And it looks like we're going to get about almost a half an inch or so. And it's from a brief system, again, pushing through tonight through tomorrow. And then by that, by the end of the weekend and into the, uh, I guess, holiday leading up to is going to be nicer and still staying comfortable. So here we go. Tonight, those uh, widely separated thunderstorms push through and then they'll continue into parts of the day tomorrow. Low 75 tonight, 85 tomorrow. And then we're at 86 on Sunday with a blend of sun and clouds. Monday, mostly sunny, a.k.a. blue skies, 93 and then we'll see a couple clouds Tuesday at 92. Okay, so uh, what about, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about some rain chances for 4th of July fireworks Tuesday night. Is that still in the picture? It, it's still in the picture late. It doesn't look like it's going to be uh, early during the, when, like, the show would go on. So uh, right now the trend is very widely separated again. So we got eastern uh, Missouri under the quote-unquote heavier stuff, even though it's not all that heavy. And then western uh, areas of Missouri into northern Arkansas may just see a couple light uh, showers push through. Okay, so all in all, not a bad 4th of July forecast. And then just briefly, Jeff, take us through the rest of next week. As we continue on, uh, temperatures are going to be back in the mid to upper 80s, starting off each day, Wednesday and Thursday, with either partly cloudy skies or even overcast. And it is going to have... Uh, some more showers and thunderstorms in each afternoon. And uh, things are trending, again, on the lower side in terms of rainfall for now. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that. All right. That sounds like a winner. Jeff, have a wonderful weekend. And I will be out next week, but uh, Tim and Cash will be chatting with you. Except we'll be Tuesday. Okay. They'll, be on, they'll be holidaying on Tuesday. Yes. Well, then I got uh, a schedule to send you for me because I'm kind of, my schedule is very off here off there and then okay. yeah sounds good <laughs> let us let us know jeff and we'll compare we'll compare notes that's How's right that? <laughs> sounds good jeff have a good one buddy you too have a good weekend all right we'll see you all right very good indeed yeah there you go kind of a got kind of an ah uh, we it's hard to talk about this holiday this year because like i know a lot of people are off to well i we had the story earlier this week about the fact that a lot of people took off this week right don because we had all the flight cancellations and the flight delays and the airports were right. packed and yeah they were referring to it don as fourth of july independence day travel that this week right is what they were calling it yeah yeah but uh and some people probably did not want to have part of this week off but they couldn't get back home to go back to work so hopefully right. we have a lot of forgiving employers out there right and so next week i i know next week's going to be all discombobulated because a lot of people a lot of people i would imagine are going to take off monday so they receive a four-day weekend. A lot of people, Don, are doing what you're doing, 
which is taking off the entire week because yes. why not? You've got why a holiday not? right in the middle of it, and so, it's July. And I know so. you're pushing very strongly to have that Independence Day holiday uh, be celebrated on yes. a Monday. I know that's a yes. campaign that, uh, that, yes. that you're working on. Yes, or I want people Wednesday. to uh, sign the petition. Yes. So <laughs> I'd like to be able to not... You know, coming on the Wednesday morning so that I can go out and enjoy my evening fireworks late and not get two hours of sleep when I come back in the no, next so you morning. Want a, so you want a four-day weekend, basically. There you go. You want the holiday and the day after. Yeah. Yes. Day before, holiday, day after. I just, you know, honestly, maybe we should just not work. Maybe we should just be like stay-at-home <laughs> people. Just let the world come <laughs> grinding to a halt. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rest. Spoken like a spoken like a true millennial. There you go. I excuse um, me. I am Gen yeah, Z. Yeah. Do not wrap me up within that millennial whatever, nonsense. Whatever you are, you're, you're all a mess. You're all kind of a mess. Tim and I are proud uh, Gen Xers. <laughs> you might be but, a, qualify as a baby boomer, Don. No, you're I'm getting not. out there. No, I'm <laughs> not a baby you boomer. Ch- you don't change generations, Cass. When you get older, I don't know. You're, you're, Don doesn't have any hair left, and yours is. It's not looking too uh, vibrantly you, colored these days. She's been a disaster this morning, hasn't she, Don? I, I mean, did she take her? Did she take her mean pills this morning? Baby she boomers, hates, Cassidy. She are, hates the first pitch. So I know. First of all, so she Cass hates baseball, and she's been insulting you and I all yeah. morning. 19, I don't hate baseball. Nineteen forty. Baby boomers were born from nineteen forty six to nineteen sixty four. And you're telling I'm me you totally weren't? offended. I, I am not in that range. No. Okay, maybe 1965. No. <laughs> Keep going, Cass. You, you don't change generations when you get older, Cass. You stay in the generation that you're in. You know, I hope I live long enough to see old Grandma Cass, and then we can talk to you about how old you are someday. <laughs> we can say that Cass Somebody up off to us, me Don. before then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. All right, 631 in the Heartland. Uh, poor Congressman Eric Burleson is standing uh, by to join this. Loving frivolity. every bit of it. I'm sure he is. We'll talk to him about Joe Biden, the Oversight Committee, and whether the walls are closing in, courtesy of one son, Hunter. All of that after Don Luzader's look, you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWT. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News Time is 6.32 in Springfield this morning. We have clear skies already off to a very warm start, 75 degrees. We're looking at sunny skies and 97 today with a heat index up around 105. And as you heard Jeff from AccuWeather mention, a marginal risk for some severe weather for the Springfield area and areas uh, south of I-44 tomorrow into Saturday night. Damaging wind gusts and hail to the size of quarters will be possible with these storms. A better risk. Uh, that severe weather is going to be up around Stockton, Lebanon, and uh, Lake of the Ozarks region. City of Springfield increasing fees for commercial customers of the Noble Hill Landfill and the Yard Waste Recycling Center. The fee at Noble Hill will go up $2 a ton. At the Yard Waste Recycling Center, fees will go up in varying amounts for the disposal of certain amounts of brush and for the purchase or delivery of mulch and compost products. Marshfield police have arrested two juveniles in connection with the deadly stabbing that happened Wednesday. Sean Ellingberg was found stabbed to death at a home in the 600 block of East 3rd Street in Marshfield. The two juveniles have been charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action. Marshfield Police Chief Doug Fannin says the two are being held at a juvenile detention center just outside of Webster County. 
And the Missouri Attorney General's Office has been ordered to pay for violations of the state's open record law that occurred when Senator Josh Hawley... I've not taken a single penny from any country. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. David Weiss to give testimony on his joint venture with Hunter Biden and a Chinese energy company, but they never heard back from prosecutors. Bobolinsky's testimony could have been key in providing more details into Hunter's overseas business deals and whether President Biden himself was involved. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer reacting to the stunning revelations, saying, quote, the fact that a key witness associated with the CEFC deal was not brought in to testify before the grand jury. Well, it just continues. The, the Are the walls closing in? That's what the left would say if this if the target of all of this was a Republican or a person named Trump. Then our next guest has been at the center of all this. Let's talk to him next. Well, I guess I'm going to take it from you. Oh, how are you going to take one of my guns? Come on, Billy Jackoff. Take my gun from me. Almost $32 trillion in debt. How could you do this to a future generation? And maybe the most important question that we've asked now for over a week is, why did they keep it from the American people when they knew about it before the election? The Democrats' double standard is out of control. They wanted Trump in jail over classified documents. And with Biden, it's let's wait and see. Eric Burleson joining us here once again this morning. But what you can say is, listen, I know Eric Burleson, and I'm asking you for my kids. When I ran, I said I would be conservative. I would fight for these values. And I'm proud to say that... That I have. Why did they keep it from the American people? We can pretty much say that about everything we've been discovering these days. Let's get to the bottom of some of this right now with our next guest, Congressman Eric Burleson from the 7th Congressional District right here representing Springfield and all parts around it here in southwest Missouri at Rep. Eric Burleson at Eric Burleson on Twitter. Congressman, good morning to you, Eric. Thanks for joining us once again on KWTO. Hey, good morning, Tim. So, Eric, uh, to say that the um, the Biden administration and all of its rel- all of its related agencies has been stonewalling you all of uh, on oversight and the other committees in Congress that are trying to figure out what's going on here with the Biden family. That's probably an understatement, Eric, isn't it? Yes. You know, and I get it. I, I, people are frustrated. People want to see um, us do something. Um, and I. I just want people to kind of think about this, that that we, it, right now, all we have is the House. We don't have the mainstream media. We don't have the the deep state. And, and so if you remember when Trump was in office, that everyone was out to get Trump. Okay, the Congress was out to get him, both the House and the Senate. The mainstream media was out to get him. They were they were investigating. Journalists were actually doing their jobs and trying to investigate, but they were lying. But they and then you had the deep state. Right now, we're fighting against the mainstream media. We're fighting against the deep state. And but thank God there are whistleblowers within the deep state that are crying foul and coming forward. And many of these are people that have professed to be Democrats, but they just can't stomach what's going on. 
Eric, what have we learned at this point? Like, if you were going to encapsulate this within the interview time we have here uh, to succinctly tell the American people, especially those uh, who are your constituents here in the 7th Congressional, what have we learned at this point about the Biden family and their dealings around the planet? So I think we, we you can say this from an aerial perspective, you've got three committees that are working with different agencies and whistleblowers from different angles of government. So you have Comer's Committee and Oversight, which I'm a part of, and we're looking at the bank records and the transactions of the Biden family, getting information from the Department of Treasury and information from the FBI. And then you have Jason Smith, who is receiving information from from six whistleblowers now, within the IRS that are pointing to tax evasion and transactions. Of the, and the, they're, these are the same overlapping transactions for, about, from the Biden family. And then finally, you have the Department of Justice and whistleblowers within the FBI that are pointing out that there's a crossover as well. And, so, and, and the FBI is pointing out that there truly was a quid pro quo. And this is coming from a third source, which is, you know, trusted informants uh, in overseas, uh, in, in the overseas countries. So the, all of this triangulates and points to the same thing, which is that the Biden family for years, including the time that he was vice president, was selling policy decisions to foreign countries. And Eric, is it, is it becoming almost laughable at this point on Capitol Hill for Joe Biden to continue to profess that he knew nothing? He's like Sergeant Schultz from the old Hogan's Heroes series, that he knew nothing about what his son Hunter was doing. He keeps saying that over and over again, but you have come up with a mountain of evidence that would show that at least as far as Hunter is concerned, that his father was very intricately involved with all of these business dealings, wasn't he? Right. And how can, how can Joe Biden not know that his grandson is getting hundreds of thousands of dollars money wired to him? How can he mm-hmm. not know that his, his daughter-in-law, his two daughters-in-law, are both receiving money from foreign money wires from foreign uh, businesses? How can he not know that his, that his niece and nephew and his brother Jim and his son Hunter were all receiving millions of dollars? And I guarantee you, Joe himself was receiving it. It's, he's probably doing it smartly in like a foreign account that we don't have access to. But, but we're, we're going to continue to look for that. And, you know, the fact that all of this was happening, then you have the, this um, WhatsApp message that was released where Hunter is saying, I'm sitting here next to my father. He's right here. And we want to know why you're not making your commitment. So whether... Uh, th- that indicates that there's implication. The fact that there's so much consistency from all of these different foreign business dealings, whether it was from Ukraine, China, or Romania, all of it was consistent in pattern. And and so to me, that, that shows that there's a connection. Mm-hmm. Speaking to Congressman Eric Burleson of the 7th Congressional District. Eric, I, uh, I saw a really interesting item in your Burleson brief from last week, which I would encourage people to sign up for by simply going to your official website at burleson.house.gov. Uh, Eric, just to, just to show people how focused you are, not only on these national issues, but on issues right here in the 7th Congressional, 
Uh, I learned I learned something interesting about Table Rock Lake. I know you were digging into this last week with the um, I think with the Army Corps of Engineers up on Capitol Hill. Would you explain what the what the problem is as you see it and what uh, you hope to do is to rectify it? Yeah, anyone from this area, we all know Table Rock is a gem for Southwest Missouri. If even if you live in Springfield, Table Rock is is your weekend place to go, right? Many of us mm-hmm. have places mm-hmm. down there. It is just, it's beautiful. But sadly, the Army Corps of Engineers has been very difficult to work with. Um, they don't keep the p- state parks, whether it's Ants Creek or Joe Ball, they don't keep these up to date. And what's happened is you've seen a decline in, in recreation. People, if you go and buy a boat, Tim, a Bass Pro today, you're going to have a very difficult time navigating or trying to figure out where you're going to go, what, what boat ramp are you going to use, what facilities mm. are easily accessible to you, because it's just not that simple. And sadly, that's because our you know, Army Corps of Engineers have been difficult. Um, they've been a little bit of, they've been an obstacle for commercial development on the lake. And finally, they are currently doing a reassessment of their land using modern day GPS and other things. And it's caused a lot of conflict with other homeowner or landowners that are adjacent to core land. Because what the core is doing is they're coming on and saying, Hey, we now have a better assessment of what we own and you have encroached on our land. And yeah. So you have, you have individuals who, Maybe they put a shed in their backyard or built their deck because they saw what they saw at the county courthouse. They saw the plot, right. the plot maps, and they trusted that because where else are you going to go get an idea of where your land is, right? And so when you yes. put your shed there thinking it's your land, and now the court comes back to you and says, nope, it's not your land. Um, it's our land, and, and you're going to have to move your shed. And so now the court has been fairly reasonable they're trying to be they're not trying to be draconian in what they're doing but at the end of the day it's my job to advocate for the lake and for the citizens that live on the lake to have fair rules that everyone understands that have bright lines where everyone knows what what the rules are and how to how they work and so those are the challenges that it's my responsibility to address Mm, absolutely, indeed. Well, Eric, we urge people to. I learned a lot about that from your uh, your newsletter, and you further extrapolated on it, which was fantastic. I'd urge folks to go to your website, burleson.house.gov. There's a lot of great resources there. Sign up for that Burleson brief because there's all kinds of great stuff in there, not only on the national scene, but on the local scene as well. Both are covered extremely and extraordinarily well. Eric, thanks for uh, being available to us. I know you had to come on earlier this morning, so we appreciate you taking the time versus not. And it's always great to speak with you, my friend. Have a, oh, have a great Independence Day weekend. Yeah. Tim, it's my thank you to you for letting me come on a little bit earlier. I really appreciate you. Oh, no, anytime. You're welcome here anytime, my friend, as you know. Eric, have a great Independence Day weekend. Thanks for all you do for the 7th Congressional, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, happy 4th of July. You too as well to you and your family. Congressman Eric Burleson, at Rep Eric Burleson, at Eric Burleson on Twitter. He's got the the official Twitter handle, at Rep Eric Burleson, and then the more freewheeling campaign handle, at Eric Burleson. You can also go to burleson.house.gov. Sign up for that Burleson brief. 
really cool stuff. Eric, Eric is a, he, he combines the traditional with the, with the new. And so it's got text, right? For those of us who like to read. He's also got videos on there as well for those of us who like to watch. It's a really great, um, it's a really great capital report that he sends out every day. It's free. Sign up for it today. All right. Don Luzader's got something free. Traffic. Traffic. Hopefully not much of it as we head into the holiday weekend. Don Luzader's traffic report is now in next. When we come back, wrap, take your phone calls. 417-866-0933. 417-866-0933. Lots more Wake Up Springfield ahead here at 93.3 AM 560. KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, we do expect it, Tim, to be a pretty busy uh, traffic day as a lot of folks are going to be getting out of town for the holiday weekend. Uh, no major problems other than an issue from an overnight crash on I-44 just past the Republic Bodark exit at the 67-mile marker. Uh, we had a wreck there, and uh, crews have had to... Should not be able to withhold any information now. 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. The Supreme Court has ended affirmative action. Universities can no longer accept or deny college applications based on race. But there's a loophole, and we'll have more on that in a few minutes. Affirmative action started in the 70s. The idea, good intentions, make it easier for minorities to get accepted into good schools. But while it got easier for blacks and Latinos, it became harder for Asians and whites. At Harvard, a black applicant, the cream of the crop had 56% chance to get accepted, while whites and Asians with the same qualifications had just about a 15% chance. A black applicant who's at the bottom half of his chart had a higher chance to get in than a top Asian or white student. And the Supreme Court ruled six to three that's unconstitutional racial discrimination prohibited by the Equal Protection Clause. Jesse Waters there explaining quite succinctly and quite well the problems with affirmative action. He just told you the admissions process, yes, made it easier for one group of people, but made it harder for another group of people, it stopped being uh, a hand up and it started being basically hands blocking people out. Why would we want in the United States of America, the land that prides itself on equality and opportunity for all, not equity, right? Not equal outcomes. And, the, and by the way, this isn't equity either. There's no equal outcomes here. The equal outcomes, well, the equality is what you're striving for, right? Equality of opportunity. Everybody gets the same chance to apply. And then you have a non-racial system of determination. Whether the, And you know, it shouldn't just be one metric, right? For a well-rounded student at Harvard or Yale or any other, any other fancy pants university, and I went to a great university as well. I, I was not, <clears throat> I was not Ivy League, but Fordham University in New York was considered kind of a, a non-Ivy Ivy, if that makes sense. But, you know, how about somebody who has good grades plus is a good human, as my older daughter Katie would say, be a good human. So someone who's got extracurricular activities, who can show some community service, who can, sh- maybe he's got good sporting talent, right? We don't want to, 
we don't want to base the termination process on any one thing, right? Especially not the color of skin. You would think that would be the last thing we would want to do. Aren't we trying to get away from that? Don't we want to be a colorblind society? Well, the leftists don't. The leftists don't want to be a colorblind society. They need to use color and racial divisions. Otherwise, folks, what is what is the purpose of today's Democratic Party? Not the Democratic Party of old, not the one that <clears throat> perhaps your grandparents or your parents grew up in, which yeah, they, they said the same things now that they said back then. But back then, I think they actually kind of meant it a bit more or maybe a lot more. Right. The working class party, the party, of the people I always I think they were always I think they were always authoritarians in their core. They just did a better job of hiding it back in the day. And I think there were some honest to goodness Democrats. Harry S. Truman, JFK, right? Some, some real, some, some Democrats that had, you know, I always say, you know, about the old fashioned Democrats, they're just nicer than I am. You know, they just, but the problem is nice about what? I guess I should ask myself then. Nice about giving more of your taxpayer dollars to other people, right? Nice about using the power of government to put one particular uh, group of people ahead of another. Now, back in the day, as with every good-meaning, well-meaning government program, let's give them the ultimate benefit of the doubt and say what they were truly trying to do with affirmative action was to end racial division and prevent people from being kept out because of race. Well, haven't we advanced past that? I think we have in our laws. We our laws now strive. We had it took us a long time to get it right. You know, uh, people of a certain color of skin used to be prohibited from doing things that all of us would have accepted as things that people should always have access to. Everybody should be able to drink from the same public drinking fountain. Everybody should be able to have the opportunity to go to the same good public schools. Right. The the biggest the biggest opponents to school choice have no solution for what to do with the failing schools in inner urban America, like Springfield, Missouri, Kansas City, or St. Louis. They just say, oh, well, those black and brown kids just have to stay in those zip codes. That's just as racist. We should be in a place where everybody has the equality of opportunity, not where everybody has equity. Equitable outcomes leads to socialism, leads to communism, leads to oppression, and leads to death. Everyone is equally miserable in an equitable society. It should be an, a, a society of equality of opportunity where everybody starts on the same level playing field. And whether you're black, brown, white, Asian American, black American, white American, purple American, you should have the same opportunity. It, it should be a colorblind admission system, right? I think that's, I think we're at that point now, right? Where we can at least strive for that and try for that without the vestiges of a racist affirmative action system still on our nation's top universities. We'll continue to discuss that in Tim's top three, part two and more when we come back. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. The Democrats don't want that. That would be tolerance. And tolerance does not allow for grievance. Okay, we tolerate and support the existence of transgender people. We're just saying they can't exist at the expense of anybody else. But this whole idea that they're under attack is a scam. This whole idea that they're being denied access to sports is a scam. The only thing we're talking about is what kind of... ...and producer Casbo and Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. It's time for Team's Top 
three. Ha-ha! Tiny Timmy! Away! One! Well, as they say in Polar Express, hot, hot, hot. Yes, it is hot in the hot tub. For sure, don't need any hot chocolate today, though. 98 degrees is the high, 75 degrees right now out the door. No need for a jacket or a sweater this morning, folks, unless you're in a really cold air-conditioned office, which I know some of you might be. 75 degrees, though, outside here in Springfield, a little humid, going up to 98, sunny and warm. Take care, folks. Got one more big day to get through. It's going to feel, check this out, it's going to feel like 104 today. Heat advisory until 7 p.m. tonight. Be cautious. Be careful. Drink lots of water. Check on your seniors and your pets. However, tomorrow it's going to break. AccuWeather predicting 85 degrees with maybe some cooling thunderstorms as well. Wow. We're going to go from 98 to 85 tomorrow. It's going to feel like the air conditioning's on outside. So just get through one more day. Be cautious. Be careful. Luckily, it's a work day. We can all hunker down inside in the A.C., Unless some of you are on the road. If you're on the road, make sure your cars are properly fueled and you got the antifreeze and all that stuff because we don't want you to get stuck on the highway baking on the beach. How about we do number two? The Supreme Court of the United States rules race-based, that would be racist, college admissions violate, duh, the 14th Amendment, equal protection, ending affirmative action. Praise God Almighty, the creek don't rise. Major SCOTUS rulings coming today before they hop, skip, and jump out of town on Biden's student debt plan and LGBT rights. Oh, that's going to be a big one as well. There's also a major case that came out about a former postal worker who was forced to work on Sundays. His religious freedom rights were violated. Wow. You mean we're standing up for people's actual constitutional rights, not just ones that we make up in the heads of left-wing lunatics? My goodness. How great. And that's why Joe Biden says... This is not a normal court. Well, you're not a normal president, that's for sure. How about we do number three? Hmm, let's see here. FAA's tweet infuriates. That would be Pete Booty Juice's uh, FAA. FAA's tweet infuriates thousands of Americans stranded after flight cancellations. Passengers reacting to the FAA joking on Twitter amid widespread flight cancellations. Get your freaking act together. What did they say, by the way? The FAA said, oh, the FAA says there's nothing puzzling about bad behavior on a flight. It doesn't fly and can cost you big money or jail time. So they're tweeting about unruly passengers while thousands of flights are getting canceled. Talk about tone to Good Lord, this is why Democrats should not be running America, all right? That's all I got to say. That's Tim's Top 3 Part 2 for a Friday, June 30th, 2023, 7.09 a.m. in the Heartline. I owe silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Tim, that's a really Welcome back. interesting decision on the Sunday work uh, case with the U.S. Postal Service. Because that's yes. one of those where I can kind of <laughs> see both sides. I mean... Uh, yes. Uh, my my fear of that is that people will use religious beliefs to just decide that they don't want to have to work on a Sunday. Correct. However, I think it all goes back to an undue hardship on the employer's business, from what I'm reading. Uh, that they clarified the law, the justices did, that makes it illegal for employers to discriminate based on religion, religion requiring that they accommodate the religious beliefs of workers as long as 
the accommodation does not impose an undue hardship on the employer's business. I guess previously the court had defined the statutory term undue hardship by saying that the employer's should not have to bear more than what courts called a de minimis or trifling cost. So I, I guess what they're saying is if it's if it's a religious exemption thing, you have to honor it. However, you've also if it becomes a deal where it provides an undue hardship on the employer's business, it's just really interesting on how that, that will play out with future cases. Yeah. Folks, don't take from the headline. As Don pointed out, don't take from the headline. Well, if I don't want to work on Sunday, then I don't have to. If I just tell people I go to church, you know, it, that's not right. that's not what the it's not as simplistic as no. that. They they went through what I would expect would be a very excruciating fact based examination of this. And they really wanted to make sure that this postal worker was truly being honest and genuine about his uh, about his religious exemption that he was claiming here. And let's be honest, as Don pointed out, it also has to do with the size of the employer. The U.S. Postal Service has more than this one guy, right? Now, you don't want everybody saying, well, none of us want to work on Sunday. Right. So uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> very fact-based analysis, and I would say it was very, it was very, it was very, it was a ruling of great specificity is what I would say. So, yeah, but very interesting ruling indeed. Yeah. And, Don, we got a couple of other big, very interesting rulings coming out today. We've got the one on the Biden student debt. Isn't it interesting, Don? They've got to do this on purpose, right? They saved the oh, biggest right. and the best right for the last, show. and then they get the heck out of Dodge. Yeah. You know? Hey, oh, it's Friday before a holiday weekend. Here you go. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Don, the other one is, uh, Don, you know these? Okay, Don, we've been talking about these. You you, been, you probably talked about these on previous stations. Yeah, I mean, for years, for decades, Don, we've been talking about the famous, like, cake baker cases, you know? People yes. who are... People in private industry who are being forced to create things that go against their religious objections. So, Don, that was the famous cake baker case. Don, did you know in this case, this is a similar case. This is, I think, an artist, uh, I think a wedding planner, maybe announcements or something, something that she was creating. Don, she's used a different tact here, which I think is maybe even a more powerful one. So we don't even get into so you know because everybody's like well your religion's not my religion don how about something we all have free speech rights that's right this one's based on the first amendment's aspect of free speech rights so you can't force me to and i think this was a lady who was maybe maybe it had something to do with text right or expression you can't force me to say something forget about what my religious convictions might be that i simply don't want to say or do or express that's my First Amendment right. I have the First Amendment to say things. I have the First Amendment right to not say things. So, Don, that's what this case could turn on. Yes. It'll be interesting to see whether the liberal justices on the Supreme Court, the, the three prominent liberals, Sotomayor, Katanjay Brown, Jackson, Jackson, Brown, Brown, Jackson, <laughs> or um, Kagan, what, whether what they say, how they wriggle, because you know they will. You oh, know yeah. they'll try to dissent mm -hmm. from this. How, or maybe they won't, Don. Maybe they won't. Maybe I'll be happily surprised. How they say that free speech rights don't apply to this case. You know what I mean? Like, where are they going to come down on free speech rights these days? Because it's a big hot topic. Yeah, but it's a, it's an interesting mm -hmm. legal argument uh, that's different from some of the, 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 like you say, the cake-baking ones that we've had. I mean, I just believe in general that – the whole bottom line here is private business versus a public entity. You know, to me, right. if you're a private business, you can refuse service to anyone for any reason. You don't have to give a reason. No. You don't have to give a reason. And you know what? Oftentimes, Don, you're better off if you don't. 
you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> then you not get that we want you trouble. To, not that we want to, you to use that as an excuse to discriminate. You shouldn't. But you're almost just better off to avoid the attention brought right down by just not giving any reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Supreme Court's going to rule today. They're going to hand down those decisions. Of course, most likely right after we get off the air. <laughs> of course. Uh, as to the student loan case, you know, the 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 vote buying, the vote buying case, basically. Uh, Joe Biden last year said, oh, I'm just going to forgive all these loans. Well, well, you don't forgive anything that's money, right? Somebody has to pay for it. That means that Don and I are going to pay for people who we've already paid our loans. Yeah, off. For now, maybe, we're going to pay for other people's loans. Maybe he can know? forgive the last 10 years of my uh, mortgage, my home yeah, mortgage. Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe that. Maybe we can ask for that. Yes. Uh, the other case is 303 Creative versus Elenis, a case brought by a Christian graphic artist who objected to designing wedding websites for gay couples. So, look, this lady uh, should be able to she should she shouldn't be able to do it in a discriminatory fashion. But on the other hand, as a private business, she should not be forced to do something that she simply doesn't want to be forced to do. That's the beauty of private business uh, and capitalism. All right. 715 here in the heartland. Time for uh, I was going to say Congressman Eric Burleson. We already talked to Eric. We did a little flip flop today. We talked to Congressman Eric Burleson at 635. If you missed that. Cast will have that podcast up later today. You can always check that out at 933kwto.com. So we're going to have Tony Colombo up next, host of Colombo and Katie up in St. Louis on News Talk STL. Tony also focuses heavily on the Second Amendment and the great outdoors, both of which we can enjoy this weekend. I want to ask Tony about these initiative petitions uh, granting power to local governments potentially to take away your Second Amendment rights. Yep, that's what the left is up to next here in the state of Missouri. Talk to Tony about that and lots more after Don Luzader's Traffic. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. We're getting reports of a non-injury crash coming in Farm Road 115 and a North Willard Road. And also, maybe still some delays on I-44 near the Republic Boat Arc exit at the 67-mile marker of Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Bidenomics is you pay more for the necessities of life. And he has this grand global warming vision with all the Green New Deal. You will pay more for everyday energy, transportation, and groceries. We've seen it happen in other parts of the world. That's what he wants in store for the average American. The St. Clair, Illinois Sheriff's Office has issued an Amber Alert for a child abduction that occurred at 2000 Matilda Drive, Belleville, Illinois on June 30, 2023 at 4.15 a.m. Abducted was Violet Charlton, white, female, age 9. Suspect vehicle is a black 2006 Dodge Charger bearing Illinois registration DW62016. 
vehicle slash suspect last seen on River City Drive in St. Louis, Missouri at 4.43 a.m. Suspect is Ryan Charlton a white, male, 31, 6 feet 2 inches tall, 175 pounds, with blonde hair and blue eyes. Last seen wearing black and gray athletic shorts. Victim Violet Charlton is 4 feet 11 inches tall, 99 pounds, with blonde hair and blue eyes. Last seen wearing teal t-shirt and pink shorts. Violet Charlton was abducted by her non-custodial father after he assaulted a family member. Charlton's black 2006 Dodge Charger was last seen on River City Drive in St. Louis, Missouri at 4.43 a.m. on Friday, June 30th. Please call 911 or St. Clair, Illinois Sheriff's Office at 618-975-8022 if you have any information pertaining to this alert. We go. It was. I, I think it was one of those terms that was concocted by a uh, political consultant somewhere in uh -huh. a conference room. Uh -huh. If you remember, if you remember when all of a sudden he, whenever the MAGA, whenever the the uh, ultra MAGA term was created, and all, and 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 it just every everywhere the president went, and every press conference you heard, Kareem uh, uh, Jean Pierre, ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA, everybody's. Uh, you know, harping on that term. Now the new term is Bidenomics. I think the White House needs some new political consultants because uh, these terms, they don't mean anything. And it, to me, they just sound stupid. You know what? You hit the nail on the head there, Tony, when you said they don't mean anything. I think you're so correct about that because, Tony, in the very... Isn't it, isn't it always ironic, Tony, that the two different realities that we live in as Americans, so unless people listen to you or I every day, they might not realize that, but we can point out to them, Tony, on the very week that Joe Biden and Corinne Jean-Pierre are proudly trumpeting Bidenomics, whatever the heck that might be, NBC News is telling the country at the very same time that 74% of Americans think that Joe Biden's America, and I call it that, Tony, because he's the guy at the top of the ticket, and he's the one in the White House right now. It's not mm -hmm. Donald Trump, mm -hmm. and it's not any other Republican. They also control the Senate, and for the last couple of years until just recently, they control the House as well. So, Tony, what an interesting paradox to put the mood of the country, 74% in opposition to where the country's heading, to Joe Biden saying that his Bidenomics economics plan is working for all. There's some there's some conflict there, isn't there? Well, there's... there's Absolutely. There's some conflict there. Uh, there's, there's just some obvious misdirection. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, this country, it's, it, I said this the other day on the air. There are some, there are opinions and then there are facts. And you can have opinions about uh, uh, about who you think is better at running the country. You can have opinions about whose policies you like more than others, and and you know there's there, you can have debates and and you can make a case that there's not you know a right or wrong answer. But when it comes to things like the economy, when it comes to things like jobs when it comes to things like uh, you know the success of the country you can check those things there are numbers involved there are facts involved 
And the fact is that pre pre pandemic, there it is. It is impossible to argue that the country is in a better place now than it was under Donald Trump, like him or hate him, under Donald Trump, that the economy wasn't doing better, that the jobs, the, the jobs weren't better, that the, the direction that we were heading in the growth of the economy in the country wasn't in a better place. You, that's just a fact, and you can prove it. And so when you hear the president say, you know, hey, Things are going pretty great, isn't it? That's Bidenomics at work. It That's Bidenomics. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bidenomics at work. It just makes him look ridiculous because it's it's just it's just provable that he has damaged this country and has us on the wrong path. It, it, that that's Bidenomics at work, uh, and I hope people are realizing. Uh, how bad it is, and I think that they are. I think that all you got to do is is check the polls, and uh, you know you can say that polls don't mean anything, but when when polls are as consistent as they are across the board for so many, you know, for such a long time, I think you have a pretty good idea of what this country thinks about the direction we're heading. Speaking to Tony Colombo of News Talk STL, the host of the Colombo and Katie show featuring producer Katie, who we often talk about here as well, at Tony Colombo Talk on Twitter. Uh, Tony, one of the things that one of my big pet peeves, I think it might be one of yours too, is when people misuse the phrase local control to achieve their political ends. And Tony, it bugs me the most when do-gooders in government, bureaucrats, and elected officials on the local levels or on the county level, they use the term local control so they can better justify stripping you of your constitutional rights. Tony, I don't know if you heard about this. This story came out this week that there is another out-of-state, dark-money, left-wing liberal group who is going to try to put some initiative petitions on our ballot next year to give local jurisdictions local control for determining gun rights laws. Tony, that's a violation of the Second Amendment and of our constitutional rights under that, whereby local control would be an abortion of those rights uh, related there, too. Does that bother you? Yeah. What, what bothers me is the, is the continued perversion of the constitution, the laws of the country that we will, that politicians will try to change those, those laws, those rights, the, the change, the meaning or the intent of the constitution to, uh, to fit whatever their narrative of the day is. And it, it, inevitably creates a terrible precedent and you know and 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 sets you in a, in a direction that is that is very difficult to then correct or turn around uh if you're if it's allowed to be put into place so we, we you can see this in, in in so many issues it's not just a second amendment issue you can see this in so many areas uh whatever you know whatever political agenda or or, or issue that they uh, you know that they're that they're pushing or goal they're working towards 
you know, they will, they will attempt to do things like this. And unfortunately they've been successful in, in, in many areas. And it's one of the things that we have got to put a stop to. And, and it's, it, 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 even you have to remember, even sometimes there's these things are happening on with an issue that you actually agree with and it makes it easy to kind of go along with, but you've got to remember there's, there are, there's, there's times where local control is, is absolutely the right thing to do. And then there's times where the federal government has, you know, the constitution says what it says. We have to stick to the way that it is, that, you know, it's set up and supposed to be. And if you don't do that, you set a precedent that is very difficult to uh, undo in the future. And and that can be dangerous. Mm, could not agree more. Could not agree more. Tony, thanks so much for uh, shifting around for us a little bit this morning. But you probably didn't mind sleeping in just a few more minutes. So we uh, now we'll a little bit later is OK with <laughs> Absolutely. Heading into the holiday weekend. It's all right with me. Thanks guys Absolutely. so much. Have a great weekend. Happy Fourth thanks, of July. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, appreciate you, bet, you very bet. much. Same to you at mm-hmm. Tony Colombo talk on Twitter. Hey, how about that? 730 on the dot. Time to get to Don Luzader's local news. You need to know. Then when we come back, let's see, what are we going to do? How about we'll take your phone calls for this next segment? Then we got Sean Carney coming up, the CEO and the president of 40 Days for Life. Just talk to Tony about how bitter and angry Americans are. 74% of Americans, according to Chuck Todd over at NBC News. So it's got to be true. Not happy with the direction of the country. What can we do to turn that around? Phone calls next, 417-866-0933. Then Sean Carney about the malaise across America at 745. 93.3 AM560. KWTO. 93.3 and AM560. KWTO News. KWTO News time is 731 in Springfield this morning. Off to a very warm start as we're on our way to another heat advisory today. 77 degrees now. We're looking for a high today reaching 97 with the heat index up around 105 this afternoon. Well, topping our news this morning, City of Springfield is raising the cost of the use of the landfill and recycling center. The Noble Hill Sanitary Landfill's fees will go up $2 to $35.78 per ton. The exact increase in cost for the yard waste recycling center has not been released, but it's actually going to be varying depending on the material that's being recycled. The Missouri Attorney General's Office has been ordered to pay for violations of the state's open records law that occurred when U.S. Senator Josh Hawley held the office. A judge ruled back in November that the AG's office violated the open records law when documents were withheld from the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee during Hawley's successful Senate campaign in 2018. The judge ruled Wednesday that the office must pay $242,000 in legal fees. Money to pay the fees will come from the state's legal expense fund. And a man's in custody after a police chase and a standoff that happened Wednesday night. Authorities were on surveillance for a drug case near Nichols Park when a man crashed into a detective's car after a short chase. The man crashed. One, you better be there. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Join me weeknights from 9 to midnight on KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. I am glad that the U.S. Supreme Court has finally put an end to race-based affirmative action in college admissions, one of the most disastrous and failed policy experiments of the last century. America is founded on merit, and we need to put the merit back into America. Now, I want you to mark my words on this because it's 
really already happening. These elite universities have already prepared for this decision and are preparing shadow practices to achieve the same goal, but in a way that evades accountability from the law. There's Vivek Ramaswamy talking, uh, a, a person of color who's opposed to affirmative action, that we should be a meritocracy, that people should be a rewarded for the actual work and the skills and the perseverance that they have, not just sit around and because of how you look or where you came from to be rewarded that way, right? That's called racism. That's called segregation. That's called discrimination. Welcome back, 93.3 and 560 KWTO. <clears throat> Dan Bongino, Cass, I'm going to send you on a uh, fishing expedition. Uh, oh, first of all, Cass, we talked about this much earlier this morning. We should probably tell our 7 o'clock audience, because I know people listen to different times during the show. Some listen all day long, as you should hang on my every word. Uh, others come in and out. Cass, the YR cook-off is yes. tonight. Great way to head into the holiday weekend, right? Yes. Southwest Missouri Young Republicans invites you. To come to our um, cookout. It's not a cook-off. That was last time. But it is a cookout. No bonfire? I was greatly ridiculed <laughs> about the choice to have a bonfire, which we will not be doing anymore okay, no because bonfire. everybody said it was stupid to do a bonfire You in can the do summer. one of those in October. But. You might, you might burn Springfield down, too. So Nevertheless, it is a cookout with yard games okay. and fellowship. Will there be hot dogs? Sweet. Yes. For all ages. Donald Luzader. I'm just wondering. I'm I, trying to share important information, and you are interrupting Hot me. dogs, hamburgers, what's on the menu? Okay, he's <laughs> muted, so now we're going to continue. <laughs> I did mute him. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> it's at 7 p.m. in Brookline. Okay. If you go to our social media feeds, you'll find the address. It is uh, S-W-M-O-Y-R on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So check us Fantastic. out. You may come back, Don. Potato chips? <laughs> oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope everyone uh, has a good time. It'll be a perfect night for it. Yes, it'll be. It's, it's yes. supposed to cool off after the sun goes yep. down. So and tomorrow's supposed to be much more delightful. <clears throat> um, Cass, I'm going to send you on a fishing expedition. Okay. I think you'll be able to find this. Uh, Dan Bongino has talked about this frequently over the last few weeks. Cass, this is a conversation between Adam Carolla and Gavin Newsom on affirmative action. And Adam Carolla destroys Gavin Newsom on affirmative action. It was back in the day when Carolla had a talk show, I think. It, it wasn't, if you look at the video, there's a video of it, and they, they all look a little younger, but not that much longer ago. I believe Gavin Newsom was governor. Maybe this was at the beginning of his tenure. Adam Carolla is a very funny, very dry comedian, He's frequently, uh, he used to go on Tucker Carlson all the time, but I think he still goes on. I think he still does Jesse Waters. So if this is a bit of an extended conversation, I want to play parts of it. And I'll tell you if this is the right part. Now, Cass, Cass, to her credit, didn't have any time to look this up. I just asked her to find it. I think she found it. So this is affirmative action. This is a leftist being confronted with affirmative action. And look at the tap dancing that ensues. Half of African-Americans in the state of California, roughly half of Latino families, have no access to a checking account or an ATM, things we take for granted. They don't have a checking account. What's wrong with them? And what, but what, well, because they don't, they don't have the resources to sock those things away. Well, why do we have them? Uh, a lot of different reasons, but, but roughly half those families don't. Where do they why end do up? Armenians have them? But where they end up is why? in check-cashing places. <laughs> but I want to know why, those, groups, why those two groups don't have access. Well, a lot of... It, 
just happens to be that. We can so talk they're about flawed? No, they're hardly flawed, but they're struggling. Genetics are making flawed? that work. Hardly. Not ab- absolutely. But, okay, not. so but absolutely do Asians not. have this problem? I mean, a, a lot of communities have A lot of whites have these problems. Oh, but so I just, that's not just black and Hispanic. No, but... It, but but I'm why'd you bring you, up black and Hispanic? Because the magnitude is ominous. <laughs> but why so many of them? It just happens to be the just magnitude. just the way God planned it? Not at all. Well, it's what just, happened to them? There are a lot of issues and with, it, that the communities are struggling. A lot why of are they struggling? A lot of a lot of different reasons. Lack Hispanics of opportunity. Have Blacks have been here longer than we've been here. Well, we can, we can, we can surmise. What all about that. Asians? Oh, they were put in internment camps. Yeah, we, in fact, it all initiated out of San Francisco. And right. The Chinese Exclusion Act came so out they, of progressive are they the San Francisco. Are they the Czech cats? A lot of, lot of Asians certainly do. Oh, so why don't you, why don't you conclude because them? The only reason why is the magnitude. Well, there's the so problem, many more. The magnitude and percentage. But there's no way to figure out how that happened. Africa. We could talk about it. You know what I'm dealing with? I don't want to have a sociological debate. Uh, sure, I want why to deal would with you? Have, no, well, why, why, why would you, you want to do that? Because the person from the Times wouldn't. Re- This is a cancellation of an Amber Alert that was issued by St. Clair, Illinois Sheriff's Office on June 30th, 20... I don't know, what what do you call Asian Americans? I'm going to get in trouble here, you know? What do, what do we say they are, you know? Why don't they have these problems, Adam says? What about, he says, what about Armenians? <laughs> I love when he says, what about Armenians? Why don't Armenians have these problems, you know? <laughs> Why is it just black and brown? And, and you know, it's specific black and brown. It's the ones that the Democratic Party wants to take advantage of so they can secure their votes. What, see, Democrats want white, white liberal Democrats will never admit why, why, as Adam says there, why do black and brown people have to be treated differently? Why do they have to be treated with kid gloves? Why, what's wrong with them? Do they, are they not able to live in a meritocracy? Are they lesser human beings? That seems to be what the left is. The left is saying that black and brown people are lesser human beings and they cannot coexist in the United States of America as a meritocracy. That is racist. That's racist. Isn't that brilliant, Cass? I love that that interview. I've never heard that. Racist, racist, racist. Love that interview. Uh, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is so good. If you folks, I know some of the younger people in our audience, man, I kind of grew up with Adam Carolla. He's around my age. He's very funny. He's very sarcastic. He's very dry, as you can tell. And he's, boy, is he quick. So good. I feel like that should have been Sean Hannity's approach to Gavin Newsom because they toasted Sean Hannity on on social media after his interview with Gavin because apparently, you know, According to the left, Gavin totally destroyed Hannity and Hannity didn't stand his own. But Adam Carolla just showed Hannity up right there because what he what he did is he didn't let Gavin Newsom finish a thought, which I think was brilliant. Usually that's not a great tactic. But in this situation, it was because every time he said something ridiculous, it was like question, question, question. But why? But why? But why? You're not telling us why you're throwing out all of these like assumptions, but not explaining them. So Mm -hmm. it was brilliant. That's what the left does. They come up with these conclusory statements, but they don't tell you how they got there or why. And that was the simple brilliance of Adam's line of questioning there. He was simply asking why. When you start asking the left why, their arguments almost always fall apart because there is no plausible reason for their arguments. There is no good why. And so I think that's fantastic. Bongino has played that a couple times. He says it's one of his favorite clips 
And uh, I think we may have to go back to that at some point as well. But right there, the folks, there you go. You can use that for all your liberal friends and neighbors this weekend when they tell you how horrible the Supreme Court is for daring to suggest that everyone should start from the same position of an equal opportunity for advancement instead of being equitably miserable. 745 here in the heartland. We're going to pick up our pace a bit. We're going to talk to Sean Carney, CEO and president of 40 Days for Life. Why are Americans so unhappy? Why so much malaise across the land? What can we do about it as we head into an election cycle in 2024? Sean's got all the answers next here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Everything looking pretty good in traffic in the Springfield metro area with the exception of a non-injury crash, Farm Road 115 and Willard Road. Watch out for a slowdown from that. And also just want to quickly explain, you've heard a couple of emergency alert system activations here in the last half hour. There was an Amber Alert that had been issued for a girl, nine-year-old girl who had been abducted from Belleville, Illinois. That Amber Alert is over, which is what you heard a couple of minutes ago uh, on the program that uh, that came over the air here. It was canceled after the child was found safe, uh, and uh, the driver is in custody. We do understand uh, she was uh, abducted by someone who was not a custodial parent. Uh, but again, that vehicle was spotted on River City Drive in St. Louis, and one person taken into picture. I'll give you a different perspective. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio. Where the student grew up and went to high school, it means understanding the particular hardships that each individual student has faced in life, including racial discrimination in their own lives. The court says, quote, nothing in this opinion should be construed as prohibiting universities from considering an application's discussion of how race has affected his or her life, but it's, it's through, but be it through discrimination or inspiration or otherwise, end of quote. Because the truth is, we all know it, discrimination still exists in America. Discrimination still exists in America. Discrimination still exists in America. We should keep discriminating in order to fight discrimination. That seems to be the position of the left and of their current mouthpiece in the White House, Joe Biden. Let's talk about that issue and so many more with Sean Carney, the CEO and president of 40 Days for Life. He's at Carney Sean on Twitter, 40 days, the number 40 days for life.com. Sean, good morning to you. Welcome back to KWTO. Thanks for joining us today. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. So, Sean, there's the president again, once again, getting something completely wrong as to uh, why the Supreme Court ruled a certain way. And he did that last year, too, didn't he, Sean, on the pivotal position, the 50 years in the making decision of the undoing, finally, of Roe v. Wade with the Dobbs decision. The left always seems to take, Sean, decisions like Dobbs or the or the affirmative action decision yesterday and tell us that the opposite is true, don't they? They do, and they. what's awkward is they do so without reading the opinion. 
I mean, right. you take the over <laughs> the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Shouldn't there be some pause? Like, you know, I I completely disagree, and I think our country is shameful for basically making up gay marriage um, for the first time in Western civilization. But I went and read the opinion to see if it actually made sense. Like, what? Why did they do this? And of course, it, it made no sense. And Scalia's dissent is a brilliant document in that case. But in Roe v. Wade, nobody read what Alito said. Well, why did they overturn Roe? Why did Ginsburg say that Roe was bad law? Um, why do we protect unborn children in certain states and not others? Why does it go back to the states because it's a moral issue? That's what makes it so weird is they're just blasting it politically and they're not thinking. Because when you do that, you end up on the wrong side of history or you can end up on the wrong side of history. And that's certainly what we've seen with, with Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sean, the um, I know that the Republican Party, though, in general, is concerned because of the results of the last midterm and about this coming midterm. Uh, Republicans have got to figure Republican candidates uh, and people like me who talk about the message and people like you. We've got to figure out how to turn people away from this culture of death that they are in and that they are like that they are drenched in in a disgusting way every day. Right, Sean, the media every day talks about reproductive justice and women's health care. Well, I don't think either one of those things are what abortion is. I don't think abortion is healthy and it's definitely not care. And I, I don't, I'm not sure whose, whose justice we're celebrating. We're definitely not celebrating the end of the, uh, of the life in the womb. Uh, they're not giving them justice, but Sean, you know, so many people, uh, freaked out. Um, and maybe even a lot of people in the middle, right. Who were willing to give the pro-life movement the benefit of the doubt. But like, because the media said to your point earlier, what Dobbs was about versus what it was really about. People were like terrified about the Dobbs decision and the Republican party didn't seem to know how to push back on that. Did they? They didn't. And they were ill-equipped. And then what happened with the midterms is that bad, they blamed abortion for bad Republican candidates, um, Mm -hmm. solid pro-life candidates, one and one big, when you look at Abbott and Kemp and DeSantis, um, I think that it's it's such a positive, you know, when when they talk about reproductive justice and all these sort of made up words. Um, the Supreme Court for the second time is getting out of the dehumanization business. We didn't vote on abortion. Women didn't vote on abortion. They mandated it, an all male Supreme Court, and it's been a disaster. And every ab- abortion is only successful if it kills a baby, if it ends the life of a baby. And we can't do surgeries on babies. We can't prevent pregnant women from getting on roller coasters. We can't put Scott Peterson on death row for killing his pregnant wife and unborn mm-hmm. son, Connor, and then turn around and say, yeah, you can have an abortion at 40 weeks or six weeks or eight weeks or at any point. We're either humans in existence or we're not. And so, you know, I think getting America out of the schizophrenia is scary. To a lot of people, reconstruction mm-hmm. was scary to a lot of people after the Civil War. Uh, but we have to do it, and it is going to be a transition, but it's a good one, and it's one that it, that is affirming biological realities and also affirming human dignity. Sean, when you speak with um, candidates for office or people who are in office, uh, which I'm sure you do, about the proper messaging, which is not just – it's not just political talking points, right? It's the truth. Uh, how do you advise them? to approach if they're if they're in a more uh purplish area or a swing district what should be the life messages 
But what should be the life message to get as many voters as possible to understand that the cause of life is so is is something that we definitely want to champion and support in elected office versus the culture of death? Yeah, I always keep it positive. I, you know, I, I I tell them to say um, that that you're proud of our Supreme Court and that in a lot of ways it's sad that the Supreme Court is having to drag America out of 1973 science and into 2023 and that mm. Americans are more generous now than ever. Uh, pregnancy resource centers, which provide free medical help, now outnumber abortion providers five to one. Um, there, are, there are more um, incentives and, and tax benefits and also aid like we have in Texas for moms who choose life, single moms who decide to parent. Um, and so th- there's just so much good out there for those like the purple states. Um, that's a big issue. Texas has $150 million a year the last couple of years that Greg Abbott set aside for women who, um, who need help, uh, having, having their child and, and raising their child even. And that's, you know, that wouldn't be considered fiscally conservative back in the day, but I don't, I don't know of a Democrat that's going to go against giving a single mom money. Um, right. so it, it's just a, it, it puts them in a very difficult position. And if we're going to send $600 million to Planned Parenthood so they can do abortions, I think we should help single moms as well. But it's a, uh, there's so many different ways to talk about it, but it all boils down to the fact that the unborn child either has a right to life or they don't. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then why in the world can't you get an abortion in Texas? And, you know, you can get one in California. And it, it's just a, it's a schizophrenia. It's, it's, if, if we want you, you're great. And you're the most valuable thing on earth on earth. And if we don't, we can get rid of you. And that's just inconsistent and it's not sustainable. Such a clear eyed view of what many make an overcomplicated situation. Sean Carney, our guest here today, CEO, president of 40 days for life, 40 days for life.com. Sean, I really wish we had more time, but the clock is saying we got to roll. Love to have you back again soon, my friend, because uh, there's so much to talk about on this issue as we approach uh, 2024. And we're looking at which candidates do support life, the continuation of the United States of America versus the expiration of same. Sean, thanks so much for your positivity on this. Appreciate it. Glad to be back. Thank you. Thank you. We'll hope to talk to you again soon. It is just about to become 758 here in the heartland. That means we have to step aside. I can't believe we're like entering the last hour of the show. This was a really fast show today. Thanks for all of you for listening and helping it make it so because we had so much information delivered to you. At 8.05, we will have Tim's Top 3 Part 3. And then at 8.15, Grover Norquist, founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. Maybe he knows what the heck Bidenomics is. We'll talk to him next. 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They don't respect Kamala, but more importantly, when they're watching him day in and day out, they don't respect him. So this reality in this build of, you know, railroad across the Indian Ocean and save the queen while you're on your way. Okay, the reality is everybody riding alongside of Biden as alternates right now in the Democratic little tour to France. Okay, every one of those alternate jerseys is starting to pedal a little bit faster every time Biden. 9 to 11 weekday mornings. That's really where they want to go. On 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny 
Timmy. awaiting an additional hand down coming from the Supreme Court on two huge case cases, one involving our First Amendment rights to free speech. That would be the graphic designer case whereby the young lady was forced to prepare a wedding invitation or something for a gay wedding. She said that's a violation of my free speech rights. And then we have the vote buying case of the student loan bailout. Yeah, you don't have to pay your loans this year because I need your vote instead. Supreme Court to hand down those decisions right after we get off the air. So you're going to have to listen to Gary Nolan after us to see what those hand downs might say. And then the court wrapped up for this term. How about we do number two? Second day in a row, we get to talk about Pete Booty Juice. Pete Booty Juice defending, I only call him that, folks, because that's what President Biden calls him. So that must be his appropriate name. Pete Booty Juice defending eight-year-old Biden, 88-year-old. Well, he kind of acts like an eight-year-old. Eight-year-old, 80-year-old. Defending 80-year-old Biden for confusing Iraq and Ukraine twice in 24 hours. Joe Biden doesn't know if we're fighting a war in Iraq, if we're fighting a war in Ukraine. Maybe we're fighting a war in both. He probably thinks we're fighting a war in night. Who knows? He dismisses, Booty Juice does, concerns about the president's age and says, listen to this quote. I mean, if this is not in line with the axiom of everything they say, the opposite is true. I'm not sure what is. Quote from Pete Booty Juice regarding Joe Biden. The only thing that really matters is the ability to do your job. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that. And Joe Biden's definitely not doing his job. How about we do number three? The heat is on. Yeah, the heat is on, folks. You need to make sure you hydrate or dehydrate. As my older daughter, Katie, might say. Today, throughout the day, it's going to be hot in the old town tonight, but it's going to cool off into the evening, which means you have no excuse not to go to Cass's Young Republican cook-off, cook-out, cook-up thing tonight. The big soiree tonight, Cass, will be held in Brookline, and you can find all details at SWMO something? Yes, SWMOYR, Southwest Missouri Young Republicans, on social media. There you go. S-W-M-O-Y-R's on social media. Everywhere you can find social media, you'll find the Southwest Missouri Young Republicans. Join them tonight. You don't have to be a young Republican. You can be young at heart. You can be anybody. The more, the merrier. We got to prepare for 2024. We'll do that for you here every single day. This is Tim's Top 3, Part 3, the Friday edition. We're wrapping things up, heading into the holiday weekend. Friday, June the 30th, 2023, 8, 10 a.m. in the Heartland. Ohio Silver! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Um, Cass? Yes. <clears throat> is it really a holiday weekend if you and I are working on Monday? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's kind of a disjointed holiday weekend because then we're off on – then we're, we can we can stay up late and party hardy on Monday night because we don't yeah, have to be here on Tuesday. Who wants to do Tuesday. that? Donald. Why? Why are you addressing me about? Because you're our, you're our direct supervisor, right? So what do, do you want me to tell you? Do something about this. Oh, you want me to change the way the holiday yes. is placed? Yes. Well, Tim has already got a petition going for it, so you know. <laughs> I do. It's an initiative petition, you know. So <laughs> go go fund grow account. Or whatever I feel like called. we should get signatures from every Zimmer employee and then just go lay it on their doorstep. Okay. <laughs> are you delivering it, Cass? 
Uh, if I sure, can I wear a disguise, I, <laughs> I don't know that I understand what the I don't know that I understand what the proposal is. What is the proposal? The proposal, the way I understand it from you, Tim, is you would like to see Monday be a federal holiday as well as the fourth, or always have the Fourth of July holiday on a Monday. But then Cass thinks that the day after yeah. the fourth should also be a holiday if it falls it's during true. the week. So you so you can stay up late and watch fireworks. I think because of how patriotic our company is, we should have yes. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. Because we just love to, we're celebrating America. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Don, the, the solution to this, Don, I'll have to I'll have to restructure my petition. I think what we need for the fourth, for the Independence Day holiday. Because the celebration is typically at night, right? right the correct. celebration for that. When we shoot off the fireworks, night, yes. It needs to be on a Friday. It needs okay. to always be on a Friday. On a Friday? Okay. Yeah. That works too. Yeah. And that way you, you get a long weekend. Do, you can always do the ceremonial celebration of the actual day, but since the day shifts around, we'll always do it on what about Don, maybe the first Friday of July. Whatever the first Friday of July is. That way, it's always going to be in the first week. I can go for that. It's always going to be in the first seven days. The fourth will always be around it. So you'll get, um, you know what? Maybe we should get both of those days off. You get the fourth, you hey. get the actual holiday off, and you also get the first Friday in July off. How about I, that? I think that, that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Don, make it happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is Isn't well the, beyond me and well beyond our above company. his pay grade. Yes. Isn't the celebration of the founding of our country such an important holiday? Look, look, if the pride people get an entire month, right? why don't we get a three-day weekend for the Independence Day holiday? Because that's for everyone. Everyone should be proud of that holiday, right? Yes. Yes. You would think. Brittany Griner should be proud of that holiday. Juneteenth <laughs> is a Monday off. By golly, the founding of the United States of America should be a Monday off. Hey, why do the pride people get a whole month? Yes. And the people the people who we memorialize for giving the ultimate sacrifice to this country only get one day. Oh. And and to that yeah. point, why does why do the June why do the Juneteenthers, you know, the ones who celebrate that? Although although black history does have a month. That's February. Yes. But a lot of a lot of the African-Americans I speak to, they all they always make the joke to me. They're like, hey, did you notice how Whitey gave us the shortest month of the year? I'm like, that's a good point. What about white that's a history good point. month? Hmm? I'm white. What? I have history. I want white history month. <laughs> they will tell you that every day, every month is white history month is what they'll tell you. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> single like, thing I just said is going to be clipped and somebody's going to use it to haunt me forever. Well, <laughs> let me just say this. There's so many things going on in our country now. If if you are proud to be an American, put that flag out on the 4th of July. Yes. Uh, you you could drive down yes. my my dad keeps his flag up 365 days a year and he'll probably get some of those little little tiny flags to put out uh, by his driveway. Uh several people in his neighborhood uh, have their flags up. If you own a flag, proudly display it on the 4th of July. Absolutely. Don I'm about, I'm doing as soon as soon as the show's over. So I have these. Um, <clears throat> I do this every year on um, Memorial Day weekend. Yes, whatever mm-hmm. week or weekend the Fourth of July is around Independence Day, and then I do it for Labor Day, kind of the end of the yeah, summer. You bet. I have these three flags. They're like yay high. They're like um, you know, they're not tiny, but they're smaller. They're like um, what is that? Like two feet, maybe two three feet. They're little flags with with sticks on them, mm-hmm. and I put three of them 
around our po- around our post office box. Oh, great. At the bottom of our driveway. So awesome. I put three flags out there. I keep them out there all weekend. So I because the fort's on a Tuesday, I'll put them out today because it's Friday. You know, it's it's for us, it's almost Friday afternoon because we've been up for seven hours. So uh, I'll put them up there and then I'll leave them up till, um, I don't know, I may leave them up all next week because it's kind of like Independence Week next week. There you it's go. On a Tuesday. Absolutely. You know? Proudly display yep. that. Yes. Let those flags fly. Everybody, like Don just pointed out, wherever you are on the philosophical spectrum of celebrating Juneteenth or Black History Month or Pride Month or whatever, we could all celebrate being Americans. And that's where the left has gone askew because they want to divide us not allow us to join together. We are the great American melting pot. Hey, let's get to a break. We need to talk to Grover Norquist next. Grover Norquist, of course, is the president and founder of Americans for Tax Reform. As I've told you all a million times, I do some work for Americans for Tax Reform. I run some projects for them here in the Midwest. Haven't talked to Grover in a really long time. His folks reached out to me and I was like, oh, of course I need to have Grover on. Grover's going to talk to us about Bidenomics. Maybe he's figured out what that is and lots more when we come back after Don Luzader's Traffic Report. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Looks like a couple of those earlier problems that we had have been cleared out of the way. Pretty smooth shot on your way in with this bright 80 degree weather and sunshine that we're having. Want to let you know the beginning next week, actually starting the day after Independence Day, July 5th. There will be some lane reductions and delays on the I-44, I-49 bridge over in Jasper County. That's the exit 18 Fidelity exit. That work will be done during the nighttime hours from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Eastbound traffic will remain reduced to one lane until repairs to the bridge are completed. Westbound traffic will experience occasional lane closures during those repairs. Penny from any country whatsoever. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. At issue are two questions for the justices. First, if two student loan borrowers have standing to sue over the Education Department student debt plan. And second, if the Education Department even has the legal authority to implement the policy. President Biden announced a forgiveness plan allowing as much as $20,000 in student loans for borrowers to be canceled. The debt relief is timed with the end of a loan payment pause that has allowed borrowers not to repay student loans for about three years. Administration officials insist the debt cancellation is legal and have not signaled any Plan B should the Supreme Court strike it down. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. We're meant to have a plan B. I think this was plan A for election 2022, and that's all it was meant to do. But let's see what our next guest thinks about that and more. Grover Norquist, founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. He's at Grover Norquist on Twitter. ATR can be found at ATR.org. Grover, good morning to you. Welcome back to KWTO. Grover, this student loan bailout plan, this was never a truly serious proposal by the Biden administration in the first place, was it? It's difficult to see how they could believe that it was constitutional. Uh, On the other hand, the left has done quite a number of things that you'd think could never be constitutional. In uh, Washington state, they announced that a capital gains tax was not an income tax, which is prohibited by the Constitution, but in fact was an excise tax. So they, they can always have hope that they could get the court to twist themselves into knots for any purpose. Uh, Although we now actually have six people on the Supreme Court who've read the Constitution, 
all the way through at least once or twice. So <laughs> it is less likely <clears throat> that, that they'll get away with this. But I, I agree with your opening comment that this was a political ploy to say to people, mm-hmm. um, don't be mad at yourself for getting into debt. Don't be mad at the school for talking you into it without pointing out that uh, majoring in French Impressionism was not going to raise your salary throughout life to cover the costs of these. Uh, And uh, that, by the way, two-thirds of the expenses of universities uh, have nothing to do with teaching and everything to do with paying professors to write articles, uh, many of them very silly. Uh, And, you know, if somebody wanted to pay for them, that's fine, but they make students pay for the professor's time only a fraction of which is actually spent on teaching. We could drop the cost uh, by about two-thirds if they simply said, we'll pay you to teach, not Mm. not to do research papers. So if you want to do research papers or write essays, uh, you can do it on your own time or you can get somebody else to pay you. But we're not stealing money from students and giving it to you. Mm -hmm. Could not agree more. Grover, uh, we've been trying to figure out, along with perhaps Joe Biden himself, uh, exactly what is Bidenomics. The White House seems to have some ambiguous version of it. The president, when confronted by the media a week ago, had no clue what they were talking about. Uh, they seem to be, Grover, I know, I know the Wall Street Journal, I think, actually coined the phrase a year or two ago to describe how bad Joe Biden's economic message is. So I guess the White House has decided to put lipstick on the pig and try to own it for themselves. But they're not really doing a good job of that, are they, Grover? Because there's not much to celebrate about the Biden economy and all that they have wrought on it over the last two and a half years, is there? There isn't. And the reason why Biden now is saying, well, OK, we'll call it Bidenomics, is if you read the material they put out, they want credit for the fact that inflation was one or two percent when they came in. They took it up to eight. It's down to mm-hmm. five, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't want to hear they took it from one to two up to five. <laughs> uh, they want to say it's down from eight. And, and they literally start telling you, well, look at what, look at what, this, what we've done. We've reduced inflation, meaning it's having spent the trillions, uh, which gave us the inflation. The Republicans captured the House uh, and stopped them from spending more. And therefore, the level of what you're able to spend is way down. Or there'd have been mm-hmm. another trillion dollar spending spree this year if the Republicans had not won the House. So things are less awful than two years ago because the Republicans captured the House and stopped more damage and actually clawed back $20 billion that was going to go to the IRS to hire more people to go and drop in on people's houses unannounced and lying about who they are (laughs) and what we're now discovering they're spending this money on. Exactly. Uh, So so listening, we just need to say, what was unemployment when he walked in the door? What is it now? More importantly, uh, what percentage of the population uh, was working uh, when he walked in the door and what percentage is now, the labor force participation rate is more important than unemployment because unemployment, once you stop looking, if you're a discouraged worker, you don't count as unemployed anymore. 
But yeah. with labor force participation, you could see what percentage of people between 25 and 55 are working. And that is not a good number. That is a number that got worse during Obama. Um, and then he wanted to say, well, unemployment's gone down, you know, between this month and, and this month. If you look at it sideways, uh, yes, <laughs> but fewer people at, it are in, of working age are working now. And it, that the unemployment rates can get better if people get discouraged and leave, which is why when you have a real economic growth, as with Reagan uh, and with Trump, there was a moment when unemployment went up. Why? Because people who'd quit looking said there are jobs out there and millions entered the labor force and they didn't all get hired in the first month or two. Um, so unemployment goes up, but the labor force participation rate strengthens, which is very, very helpful. Exactly. Speaking to Grover Norquist of Americans for Tax Reform, Grover, I'm glad you mentioned one of the latest projects of Americans for Tax Reform. And that was something that popped up, well, something we learned about courtesy of a left, a left-leaning uh, reporter who happens to also believe in America's foundational principles and constitutional rights, uh, Matt Taibbi. Uh, he was one of the first people to expose this. ATR is now starting to compile all of these incidences. Uh, public reports, Grover, of IRS visits to homes and businesses. So it's not just Matt Taibbi, huh, Grover? It's pretty much everyone that is subjected to this. They are coming for you. We had these problems also uh, under Clinton. There were hearings about them. They were exposed. There were uh, IRS agents who came forward. Uh, and it's bubbling up again. Uh, Matt Taibbi was, of course, the fellow who exposed the FBI, um, when Trump was president, the FBI was out censoring um, Republican voices, conservative voices on Twitter, with working with the pre-Elon Musk Twitter. Uh, and they said, who do you want us to shut up? And the FBI would tell them who should not be allowed to talk. I mean, this is East German territory. I mean, this is really, really sick. Um, and I, I love the our friends on the left who go, oh, this, this, that, or the other thing is a threat to our constitutional democracy, I'm thinking, you know what? A real threat to the constitutional democracy is the FBI deciding who is allowed to talk in the public square and who's allowed to be heard and who will be promoted. And if Biden's uh, son uh, is in trouble for um, any number of things, are you allowed to talk about that? Are you allowed to reprint or to share on Twitter or Facebook um, New York Post articles that were, you know, that were cited. So they really were censoring uh, the, the press and, and, and voices they didn't like. So, okay, I understand why the FBI would be mad at him, understand why the left would be mad at him, but the IRS opened up an investigation into Matt Taibbi, this left or center journalist who did the exposés of how the FBI uh, was telling Twitter who could talk and who couldn't be heard, um, mm -hmm. they sent the IRS um, to, to leave a message on the day he was testifying, message, uh, we know where you live. They did everything short of leaving a horse head in the bed. Um, and, uh, but even before that, they started an investigation of him on taxes on New Year's Eve, Saturday, okay? Who is working at the IRS on New Year's Eve Saturday? People who don't want you to know what they're doing. That's who's yes. doing that. 
Why did they pick that date? Well, that was the date one of his big exposés came out, and they said, uh-huh. we must investigate this guy. Not because, by the way, he didn't know any money. They owed him money. Um, it, you know, it was, it was, there was no justification at all other than, I mean, it'd be one thing if they could even claim, well, we think maybe he missed a nickel here. But they don't even have the pretense of that. It was all political, all political. And they did, we must investigate this guy. Why? Because the FBI doesn't like him and it looked too bad if they were to shoot him. You know, I mean, <laughs> so they've asked us to go and kneecap him. The, and then more recently, uh, a case in Montana. The, uh, uh, the IRS showed up with the uh, tobacco, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms uh, operation. And they mm-hmm. raided a businessman who sold, who sold guns, um, ran a gun store. What did they do? Did they take his financial records because they thought there was an IRS problem? No, 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 no. They took the list of people who bought guns from him, which legally they're not allowed to do because that's private so that no government could ever come and take your guns away. One of the problems that France had, why there was no French resistance for quite some time is the French government kept a list of everybody with a gun when the Germans invaded France during World War II. They said, thank you very much, French government, for making a list of everybody who has a gun. We will now go get it. And nobody can say, oh, I don't have one. They said, yes, you do, actually. <laughs> the French police had a list they gave us, or we took from them. Um, and so we don't allow that to happen in the United States. But the IRS is out there under cover of, you know, oh, we think maybe the guy didn't pay a sales tax or something. Really? Uh, I mean, there wasn't any excuse. There wasn't any excuse. There wasn't any excuse. They just wanted this information. So it's a huge, huge problem. Then there was the woman... In Ohio, who they dropped in, they gave a false name. The guy who showed up gave a false name, uh, said he was there because of some uh, problem with inheritance taxes. Then he admitted that wasn't true, that he was looking for something else entirely. The woman said, well, you have to t- you talk to my lawyer because he would you know, know what this is and that you're talking about. Uh, the lawyer said, please leave the lady's house. And he, this, is, this guy said, I'm with the IRS. We can go into anybody's house any time we want for any reason we want. This, when you ask, what are they doing with 87,000, the 87,000 new IRS agents, they want the $80 billion they plan to spend to buy the 87,000. What do they want them for? This is what they want them for. And this is how they're training them. Remember the ads they, that, that, that were up online, they took down, but then were back again, saying they wanted people capable of using deadly force. Uh-huh. The, the yeah. ads, the ads to join the Marines don't ask, "Are you willing to kill somebody?" Yes. Okay, uh, but the IRS wants to make sure you're tough enough to pull that trigger if the government tells you to. This, this is very frightening stuff. The good news is there are two of the tens of thousands of IRS agents. There are two that have come forward and said and called BS on the investigation of the mm. president's son. Uh, they want to. They, they delayed the investigation so long that some of the money he didn't pay taxes on, we're talking millions of dollars in, in income that didn't get taxed, um, is, well, that's too you know long ago to do anything about it. Yes, because you delayed the investigation so long, you missed that date. Um, and they want to act like there's no problem. It's still you know legally owed. Um, but I guess if you're the president's son, you don't have to pay your taxes if you don't want to. Um, and the IRS doesn't care. Uh, so they're they're not enforcing the law on the president's son and, and other friends of the president, probably. Um, but 
They are going after people they don't like. They were down in Georgia. They caused such a ruckus that the local police kept hearing this. The people claiming to be the IRS harassing people. What's going on? They called the IRS. The IRS doesn't check with the local police when they come in to want to talk to somebody. First of all, their rules, they claim, are we would only come to visit if we'd sent you many, many letters and many, many phone calls. With Taibi, there was no phone call, no letter. With the woman in Ohio, no phone call, no letter. Guy in, in uh, Montana, no phone call, no letter. They're just showing up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with guns, with guns. The IRS has 4,500 guns and 5 million rounds of ammunition. How many people are they planning to shoot? What is this? 5 yeah, million rounds of ammunition. It's it's terrifying indeed. And I'm so happy America's Tax Reform is at the forefront of exposing this. They've got an entire compilation of public reports of IRS visits to homes and businesses, as Grover just described, at ATR.org. Check it out if you want to get all the details and the facts on it. Grover, thanks so much for everything. Always love having you on here, and we'll definitely speak with you again soon. Thanks, Tim. Thank you as well. At Grover Norquist, ATR.org. Hey, Don, was uh, was there some story earlier this week that Adam Wainwright had eliminated his Twitter feed? Yes, he did. Back. Oh, is it back? back? I hadn't heard that it's yeah. back. But no, he did. Uh, I think people were really beaten up on him uh, with after his performances on the mound. And so he deactivated his Twitter, Twitter account. So I'm glad well, to hear he's that back. it's back. Good. Uncle Charlie's back, and I love his bio. I'll tell you what it is when we come back after Don Luzader's local news you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News time is 835 in Springfield. We have some sunshine. We're at 80 degrees, sunny and hot today. Heat advisory in effect for the third straight day, although we do expect some relief this weekend. 97 for a high, 103 the heat index this afternoon. Missouri State Troopers, you'll notice them on the highways and at the Lake of the Ozarks during this 4th of July weekend. Missouri State Highway Patrol Captain John Hotz says the patrol is participating in Operation Care and Operation Dry Water through thir- uh, through Tuesday, the 4th of July. That means all available troopers will be participating in activities both on the roadways uh, as well as the waterways, and they'll be enforcing both uh, traffic and boating laws, uh, but they'll also be there for assistance. There were nine boating crashes during Missouri's 2022 4th of July held, uh, counting period, resulting in five injuries. Also making news today, a Camden County man has been arrested for possession of child pornography. Don, Camden County authorities say 27-year-old Manuel P.C. Fuentes of Osage Beach has been arrested on eight counts of possession of child pornography. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children tip Camden County authorities off to Fuentes, who allegedly admits to viewing and receiving child... A grievance instead of a culture of greatness. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. At issue are two questions for the justices. First, if two student loan borrowers have standing to sue over the Education Department student debt plan. And second, if the Education Department even has the legal authority to implement the policy. 
President Biden announced the forgiveness plan, allowing as much as $20,000 in student loans for borrowers to be canceled. The debt relief is timed with the end of a loan payment pause that has allowed borrowers not to repay student loans for about three years. Administration officials insist the debt cancellation is legal and have not signaled any plan B should the Supreme Court strike it down. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Ah, welcome back to 93.3 and 560 KWTO. I'm Tim Jones, former Speaker of your Missouri House, joined, of course, by Caspo and Anderson, our executive producer, Don Luzader, our news director. And we are all anxiously awaiting the final Supreme Court decisions likely to drop as soon as we sign off the air. <clears throat> that means you need to keep listening to KWTO because Gary Nolan's up next. He will be with you live. So, of course, he will bring you any breaking news on the Supreme Court and anything else. As it happens, go nowhere when we sign off about 8.58. Keep it right here. Gary Nolan will be back with you around 9.05. Uh, Adam Wainwright has reactivated his Twitter account. It's all back and ready to go. Although after last night's loss, Don, ooh, he might not want to, he might want to turn oh, it off again. It, it was, was rough. pretty rough display. Yeah. I was so bummed, too. I was so excited to be there, having been a part of the pregame ceremonies, throwing out one of the first pitches, to have Adam Wainwright there with my family. It was great. And I'm like, ah. Just it went south quickly. The, was um, there any booing last night? Because I know lately there has been some booing at the ballpark when the team has been performing pretty poorly. <laughs> I didn't really hear any. If there was any, Don, it was very light. I yeah. think what I think last night. <clears throat> in fact, Don, it was so funny. In the uh, <clears throat> we were sitting down in the seats on the third base side um, late into the game. We we stayed till like the eighth inning, probably halfway through the eighth inning, and it was ten nothing and. There was still a pretty significant amount of people there. And these guys behind us, Don, they started chanting, it's not over. <laughs> it's not over. And it's 10 nothing in the eighth inning. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's Cardinals fans, right? That's Don, right. I think what I got, the sense I got last night was kind of just like people were kind of like, it was almost like a people had like a wry smile. They're kind of like, uh, people were just kind of like, yeah. okay, here we go again. We get it. Yep. The season sucks and we're just exasperated, Yeah, you know? They just people are kind of throwing their hands up and going, all right, it's a great ballpark. It's a great team with lots of history. It's 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 an excellent franchise. This year sucks, but hopefully this is um, this too shall pass and they will figure out what went wrong and they'll do better next year. Well, you, and missed, you never know. You never know. You missed the best part last <laughs> night when they brought Alec Burleson in uh, position player to pitch the ninth inning uh, last night because they didn't want to burn another pitcher. <laughs> And yeah. uh, he gave up a yeah. grand slam home run, but he also got his first major league strikeout <laughs> in that ninth inning. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So uh, Adam Wainwright's Twitter feed says uh, on his on his bio, it says, check this out. If you want to know where Adam Wainwright stands on the political philosophical spectrum, follower of Jesus, husband, daddy, outdoor loving, sweet tea drinking, Chick-fil-A eating, barbecue smashing, fantasy football dominating, yep. St. Louis pitching, Georgia boy. Yeah. That's Adam Wayne, right? He is a good American. Uncle Charlie 50. Yep. There you go, Cass. There's a baseball player you can get behind. Maybe you'll be, maybe you'll start watching the game. Hey, I watch the Savannah Bananas baseball team anytime <laughs> it pops up on my social media feed. So I consider myself a baseball aficionado now that oh, I have do, a team huh? that okay. I can root for. Oh, you do. All right. The Savannah Bananas. So, 
So yesterday, uh, just to recap, I haven't had, had a chance to talk about this much because it's been so crazy busy. I mentioned this really early in the show. I, we had a great treat yesterday. At an auction last fall, I bid on a package for the family that included some really great seats to the game last night, access to one of the little all-inclusive clubs, and most importantly, an on-field pregame visit complete with I got to participate in the rotation of ceremonial first pitches. Not only any ceremonial first pitch, I was the anchor. I was the last one to throw. So I had no idea, Don, how many folks are still watching the St. Louis Cardinals despite their horrible season. As soon as I walked out onto the field, my phone started blowing up and people started sending me pictures of me on TV. So that uh-huh. was very entertaining. Uh-huh. And you can hear in that little video you sent me of your first pitch, you can hear you, man, uh, John Eulett saying, all yes. right, Tim Jones, you know, go for it. Yep. Yeah. You, man, recognize me. I used to do a little radio work with him back. Haven't seen John in forever. He's the voice of the Cardinals, the, uh, the announcer at the stadium. As soon as he announced me, he looked over at me. He was like, wait a minute. This Tim, I'm like, hey, John, how you doing? <laughs> he didn't know I was going to be there last night. My family got to stand with me uh, on the field. And then they gave me, Don, this brand spanking new Rawlings Major League, official Major League Baseball right here. And I went out and I uh, walked out on the, the stadium. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. There's nobody on the field. The field's empty. Everybody else has been cleared off. And you and your lonesome, if you don't know, you, you look at the field and you're like, oh, that's not that big. When you're down there on the field with this cavernous Bush Stadium around you, it's you feel like every eye oh. in the world is on you. It's wild. And I've given lots of speeches to big groups, but to stand in a stadium like that. And then, Don, I was like walking to the pitcher's mound and I'm like, can I stand on the pitcher's mound? This is you like hollow bet ground. You can. And I stood at the I, I don't think I was at the top. I was like, I'm not that brave, but I stood on the pitcher's mound. Maybe I should. You know what? I think I think I should have stood on the pitcher's mound because I would have had a better trajectory, you know, because I would have been up. Now I understand why the mound is raised. That's a long way you from the pitcher's mound to the plate. Makes you appreciate so, it. Yeah. Don, uh, Major League Baseball player, Andre, is it Palante? Palante. I was just getting ready to tell you that. I looked it up. Yep. Palante caught yep. your first pitch. He's a relief pitcher Palante. for the Cardinals. Andre yep. Palante. And then Don, and then Don, he signed the baseball. Did he? Oh, Good. Right there. Excellent. there it is. Right there. Andre Palante. And then they had to, like, kick us off the field. So you know me, I'm the consummate politician. After I threw the pitch, uh, Palante came out. He goes, hey, he goes, hey, fella, I got to sign this for you. And he signed it. And then we started talking. I had a conversation with Palante for like three or four minutes. We just started chatting. And I was like, hey, how long have you been here? He said he got here about a year and a half ago. He's from Orange County, California. I said, oh, man, how hard was it to leave that weather behind? He goes, you know, you've all got different weather here in the Midwest. But I'm liking it. I said, what do you think of the team? He goes, well, you know, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. It's it's really an honor to play here. And he said, hey, he said, hey, buddy, I'm hoping to get you a win tonight. And, you know, they didn't. But super, super nice young man. I love that. Big, tall guy. Like strapping baseball player. And I wish him all the best. So really good pitcher, Don, I think. I think he's I think he's going to be a good, you know, I think he's going to have a nice career. So he seems like a good guy. So, um. Everybody at the Cardinals organization, including my cousin, Chris Tuno, uh, who helped us out on the field visit, couldn't have been friendlier. And it wasn't just me. It was everybody. There was a huge, there was huge groups there. The Cardinals, I tell you, despite them having a bad year, and we're all very critical of some of their decision making this year, they run a top 
top-notch operation. They do. Uh, everything for the fans is what they seek to do there. And uh, it was a really special, extra special night for us and my family. But you can just tell, just talking to people in the stands, everybody has a great time when they go to a Cardinals game. So if you get a chance, folks, tickets are probably going to be pretty easy to come by. You can probably get some great seats the second half of the season. I would urge you to do a little staycation here in the Show Me State and head to Bush Stadium at some point this summer. Wow, 8.48. We're about to wrap this sucker up. When we come back, we'll have the morning dump with anything we may have missed and more as we await those Supreme Court decisions. All that is next after Don Luziator's final traffic update here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. We are getting reports of a non-injury crash. Campbell just passed James River Freeway in Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Casmo and Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Time for time for the, the morning. Morning. morning dump. Don has something. Don has a huge dump. Yes, it I is, do. It's enormous. Hold and on. It, and it affects Cass. Hold on. Okay. I have to tee something up. It affects Cass. We're gonna hear a song. I'm sure. Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. Go it's ahead. Gonna be Taylor Swift. Okay. Yes. Here we go. Okay. I gotta go. Bye. See you. Guys. Yeah. See ya. See you Monday. Okay. So. For those planning on seeing Taylor Swift at her upcoming concert in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium July 7th and 8th, that would be Cass, officials are warning against Taylor gating. Uh, Spokesman for Arrowhead Stadium says fans of the artist have become notorious for staying in the parking lot to listen to the concert despite not having tickets to the show. By the tens of thousands. Officials say fans without tickets will not be allowed to Taylor gate. They will be asked to leave the parking lot once Swift begins the concert. So there you have it. It doesn't affect Cass because she's got a ticket, but it does affect affect all of Cass's fellow Swifties. Listen, she, so you know, like the whole Beatlemania thing, Taylor Swift blows that out of the water because. At, no, she doesn't. So she sells. Yes, no, she does. Yes, she does. No, she Tim, does. you are so naive. I, I'm going to defend Taylor Swift in a minute, but I just, I still don't get it. I just. Well, that's it. because you're old and lame, but. No, <laughs> so. <laughs> Taylor Swift music is. has been selling out stadiums three, two, three nights in a row, six nights in a row in Las Vegas stadiums. And then by the tens of thousands, people have been standing outside of her concert every night and like just listening to the show. Ta- they're calling it Taylor gating, tailgating. And then <laughs> people live stream the show from inside the stadium and millions of people every night are watching the every show live streamed. I mean, if that's not... If that's not Beatlemania, I don't know what is. That all sounds highly illegal. Well, it's what's happening. So. <laughs> live stream this. I guess you can do that. I don't know. Yeah, I will if I'm Taylor, you. I'm upset about that because... No, she's not because it's like, just publicity. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's yeah, publicity. I don't understand why they just, 
I, I do. I do feel people should be allowed to do what they have, whatever the heck they want to do. I mean, come on, really. I mean, but also you got to think too. That's a cr- the parking lot deal. That's a crowd control issue. Well, people you know? aren't just doing well, it at the true. parking yeah. lots. They're they're standing on the streets and everything by the tens of thousands. Well, look, if they want to stand out along I seventy while uh, it's happening, then go for it. But they just don't want them in the parking lot of Arrowhead Stadium. Well, no, mm-hmm. that's where we're parking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yes. yeah, just shake it off. <laughs> Timothy. Ding. Timothy. So my neighbor's daughters have been hoping for Taylor tickets forever, and somehow they came up with a set this week. My daughters, thankfully, I'm so proud of my daughters. And I didn't do this to them. They don't get Taylor Swift. They're not well, into her. Yeah. That's your loss. Different strokes for different folks. That's your loss. Yeah. That's, so no, it's, it's a, not a loss at all. It's here's my game. the thing about Taylor game. Swift ticket, about Taylor Swift concerts. It's a cultural experience because what other concert does do, does every fan know every word to every single song? She is singing oh, 40 tons of five, forty-five songs, which is a really impressive amount of time to be performing. And her concerts are a whole production. It's a whole thing. It's very impressive, and y'all need to show her the respect she deserves. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you guys do, drive huh? me crazy. Interesting. I will send. I will bombard you with videos that <laughs> night just for revenge on all of this Taylor disrespect. I'll turn my phone off. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can do that. I will too. <laughs> yeah. Post all about it. Uh, Cass, what do you got? Or was that yours? I mean, well, well it kind of felt. It kind of felt like yours. Part of I was it was mine, doing it. but also we need to talk about. It's we need to mention that the uh, Parkland school officer. Oh, yeah. um, that had hid behind a car in the parking lot during the um, attack has been acquitted of all charges. This was live covered on all news outlets yesterday. Um, some people are very upset about this decision, thinking that he is very much responsible for a lot of the deaths that did occur at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas school. But um, years and years later, he has officially been acquitted of all charges. So that mm-hmm. is something Mm-hmm. We ought to have mentioned. Also, um, that is a uh, that's a big deal. Yes, it is. There's going to be a lot of uh, first responders, by the way, around Matthews Elementary in Nixa today. They're doing an active shooter drill. This is going to involve several rescue vehicles, what looks like armed law enforcement, and other traffic around both the high school and Matthews Elementary. Uh, just keep in mind, this is a training exercise, so first responders can be better prepared to respond to an event at uh, one of their schools. That's happening between nine and noon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely definitely pay attention to that as well don you are off all next week i am a staycation yes we will uh we will miss you will you be doing lots of putting tournaments and such or anything well i will sort? be preparing for uh we have no putting tournaments in july so i'm gonna have plenty of time to prepare for my next one so i'll be uh doing some putting here in springfield and also driving down to branson probably a couple days Oh, very cool. In DD. Cash, you've got the Young Republicans. It's finally up. I don't have to try to stumble through this thing. Young Republicans summer cookout tonight. Yeah. Come out to 5085 South Farm Road in Brookline tonight, 7 to 10 p.m. Hamburgers, hot dogs, all the fixes. Go to at producer Cass on Twitter. For all yes. The yes. Yeah. So producer have fun with that, Cass. We will. The YRs, yeah, we're nice driving, work. we're having fun, and we are excited <laughs> to. Continue to be a growing presence in Southwest Missouri. 
Absolutely. Folks, stay right here because even though we're going to be signing off in just a second, I have a feeling those Supreme Court decisions are – I'm looking right now. There's nothing just yet. The Dow is up. That's good today. Uh, I have a feeling the Supreme Court decisions are about ready to drop. It's 8.58 in the a.m. Gary Nolan's up next. Clay Travis, uh, Buck Sexton, Dan Bongino, The Elijah Har Show, Joe Pags, and Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America, all now and next here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Have a fantastic